model railroaders and welcome back to the second section podcast where it's just a bunch of regular guys talking about model railroading i'm your host andy dorsch and joining me this evening is my co-host mike ostertag mike how you doing <laughs> i'm doing great i think i was sweating more now than i was when i was at the gym a little while oh ago. man busier than a dog with two tails huh yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> no, well, when I got a cold pump, you know, I thought I had a good idea. So I, I okay, so real quick, I, the short line of the show, I'm trying to finish it up right now. Oh, I'm man. almost done with it. I'm almost done. But the thing is, is I have this coal-powered laptop and nothing, want, I mean, I have to pull start it and the cord broke and it's it just nothing wanted to link up and everything. So I'm like, okay, you know, so much for a good idea, right? There, there goes me. I should know better than to try to think, right? Well, you so, know, you know, even a blind squirrel finds an acorn every now and then. I mean, you have to try, right? Yeah. Exactly. Well, you have, you have to try. So, it, it's it's one step above Morse code. How's that? <laughs> we could have got you a hammer and a chisel and some stone tablets. That might have would have been bit, quicker. Would have been, been a quicker. lot quicker. Well, I'm yeah. glad that you're here this evening and. um representing the green bay route in all forms and fashions oh, yeah. including got, the drinkware that's got a hot drinkware we got the shirts we got the we got the green bay route shirts maybe route shirts and yeah. the person that got us the shirts is yeah. our guest this evening so paul ratbag belmore <laughs> how you doing welcome to the second section podcast thanks for having me i'm uh, i'm happy to be here yeah. Um, so, Paul, you're here tonight to to talk about um, some some weathering stuff uh, with us. And um, for for those in our audience um, who don't know who you are, why don't you do a little intro uh, about yourself, um, what you're doing in model railroading? If you're out there in social media, you know, if you're got a business, all that good stuff, let us know and uh, say hello to the section crew. <laughs> Well, hi guys, I'm uh, Paul Belmore. Um, I'm up here in Ontario, Canada. Uh, I've been a model railroader all my life. Um, my mother was a model railroader, and she, yeah, it's, yeah, she um, she got me interested in the trains. And there's actually a very funny story with my mom and uh, the hobby shop. And so I'm I'm actually from uh, the Windsor Windsor Ontario uh, area. That's where I was born and raised. And my mom walked into a hobby shop there and the homeowner told, uh, I mean, the uh, hobby shop owner had told her it's, this is a man's hobby. And she says, yeah, you're absolutely right. She went to Detroit and bought from Joe's hobbies. Oh my gosh. Anymore. <laughs> so yeah, I've been a model railroader all my life. Um, like the past guests have said that they've taken the break when the wives and the kids come along. Uh, I didn't, I, I actually used my hobby to weed out, uh, which, which, which girls stay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they with me and they thought that it was neat. You know, at first they all like to train watch with you, but no, uh, I let up meeting my wife and she thought that this is, uh, one of the greatest hobbies and she, she does it with me too. She does all the painting of little figures and she likes really? stuff. Yeah. Like so, my wife, like my wife says, Paul, at least I know where he is. Yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah. Um, I'm currently building a, uh, a large model railroad here in my uh, 
my basement. Um, we built this house nine years ago. And if you, I have a YouTube channel. So it's uh, the Green Bay and Western Lines channel. Okay. You can see my old layout. And when I tore that down, I kind of went through like a little funk where I was kind of like, uh, kind of saddened by the, the actual destruction of the first layout because it all went into a garbage bin. Ooh. So I really uh, focused on working on the basement, getting my presentation ready, and then I'm building the layout inside the inside this uh, monster basement. Okay. <laughs> so it's going to be uh, really fun, but I have a lot of friends and I have a lot of support to build a, uh, a layout of this size. So I'm just going to pop that up uh, so that everyone can can take a look here. So you um, kind of know somebody too that may or may not have worked there. Yeah, that's what makes it the best. <laughs> yeah, right. So this is your YouTube channel here, Paul. Yes. Correct? Yes, it is. Yeah. So the Green Bay and Western Lines. You have quite a few videos out here already, and look at. I like I, to do a lot of the how tos and stuff. I love to share this hobby and yeah. And, uh, it was it was actually my friend Willie uh, Hatherly that said you need to start a YouTube channel. So uh, he's in the audience too. He's Boxcar Will, and he was okay. the influence for me to to start the YouTube channel, and he helped a lot with the with the YouTube too. Yeah, it's, you, I mean the the Helix bit. That's, um, holy cow! That's this was a this was a really really good series of tips on on how to do the cost effective Helix build, and then um, I really like the weathering rescue uh, video that you just recently posted about it a couple months ago. Yeah, that was uh, those turned out really good. Those yeah, videos. that's. I wanted to hold off on on posting more videos on that because I wanted to actually share it live with us uh, here on the show. Yeah, well, fantastic. What so you got the YouTube uh, channel? Um, I, I will make a a plug for you here. You should check out Paul's channel. Um, it sh it'll be in the show notes uh, down below, and then I'll also toss it up um, in the chat as well. Um, so you guys can go out there and take a look. Um, there it is. So, yeah, check out um, Paul's YouTube channel. Got a lot of cool content. Subscribe and watch his videos. Make sure you guys are checking in on him to see the progress on his layout and some of the cool how-tos that he's he's doing as well. So you're you're out there in YouTube. You're also out on other areas of social media, aren't you? Yeah, I have a uh, Facebook channel also. Um, it's all about the, the rat bike rail car. So it, uh, I show everybody the models that I do, what I'm doing, what I'm up to. And and then I'm going to eventually still put more uh, content on their how-tos and stuff. So, yeah, okay. I'm pretty and fun. It's, it's actually really growing fast too. Yeah, it is. Uh, let me just do the old screen share and bring that one up as well. So you your Facebook group is, is fairly popular here. Um, and you can, some of the stuff that you have going on here with uh, just sh sharing like the, the, the end effects that you guys have um, with the cars that you, you've been weathering. This one's a cool car here. <laughs> so I had a tote when we moved here, I had a tote full of uh, freight cars packed away and that, and I've actually just going through like the stuff and I was cleaning up. So that just became my, uh, uh, everybody's like, Oh, post what you got. And I'm like, you guys want to see it. So I just started posting pictures and flooding it with, uh, with pictures of some of the works I've done. And 
it's it's just fun. I encourage people too to share their uh, their works also on the uh, on the page. So you, you got to be tricking me here with this picture that we have on screen. That the bearing on this truck that's a that's a real nope. That's that's a model. That's a model. And I'm going to show you guys how to Wait. do that. What? That's a model. Check. No yeah, so. way. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so that this this is very impressive to get that level of detail on and then not not muck up the rest of the the truck. That's outstanding. Thanks. That looks really good. You get yeah. to see how easy that is. You're not going to believe it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have I have a feeling. <laughs> I have a feeling that's for sure. No, I, I like that. I like the I like to take the mystery out of the weathering, and I'm kind of like the magician that shows everybody all the tricks, right? Yeah, so that's, it's, it's that's always cool. Fun. Yeah. yeah so, um, so you're doing. So you got you're out there on 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 Facebook land. I'll post the let's let's throw that out in the chat too whilst we're at it, uh, so you guys can check out his group. Uh, pretty cool, pretty cool content out there. A lot of fun stuff. Um, and I've, I've just, every time I'm scrolling through, I always, when I see something I'm like, oh my God, this looks amazing. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to more content from you. So you nice. got the, you got the, the HO scale, uh, Green Bay and Western. Um, I, I have to ask being from, uh, I guess the, the, um, from Canada, yeah. how, how did you, how did you land on the Green Bay and Western? That's my million dollar question. How I got there. Yeah. So, um, when I was little, um, remember, like I said, my mom was interested in trains. So she always made things like trains interesting to me. Like yeah. if we were going anywhere, she'd always stop at the train tracks or go by like growing up in Windsor, we'd go by the waterfront and see all the trains. Cause that was a whole rail yard and it was our waterfront. And she'd always just, um, show me trains. And also growing up, I would always draw, like, you know, the, the regular kid pictures of, of, of trains and stuff. Everything was always trains, trains, trains with me. Mm -hmm. And when I would draw these pictures, I would always, on every locomotive I had, it had like that checkerboard side sill. And I, so I, at some point I must have seen, right? <laughs> but yeah. I didn't know what it was that I was drawing. And then as life went on, um, I lost my mother when I was real young. And then uh, growing up, I, I was always a model railroader, but I wanted to do something different. I wanted to do something that that none of my friends had. And all my friends were modeling either CP or CN or, and I just, I wanted something totally different. So I searched for um, some kind of, something new, something different. And I found Wisconsin Central. Wisconsin Central had just started up at that time. Remember, this is pre-internet days, guys. This is, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to show my age. But uh, yeah, pre-internet days, that's just looking through model railroaders and trains yeah. magazines and following the whole startup of the Wisconsin Central. I'm like, oh, this is a pretty cool railroad. And I started dabbling in uh, WC stuff, looking for interchange partners with WC. I seen uh, in a map, it said Green Bay and Western. And I'm like, oh, what's this railroad, right? And searching through again, find Green Bay and Western. And the first picture I see, it has the checkerboard stripe, and I'm like, yeah. oh, my God. This this is what I was meant to do. So that's how I got there. <laughs> that's outstanding. I absolutely it. it's, a, it's an awesome railroad, man. It's it's just everything about it was so cool. So Yeah, and we know a guy who used to work yeah. for it. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. 
the last 11 months. Of the, of the railroad, right? You work for yeah. the Green Bay and Western. He's, then he's I went my go-to for information. <laughs> yeah. Then I went to the WC and now the CN. and Yeah. So uh, that's fantastic. So Paul has put together an amazing presentation for us this evening. It's almost like a it's an interactive uh, type of thing where he's going to be sharing um, all of his his uh, tips and 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 basics and fundamentals for for weathering um, rolling stock and locomotives. Going to be fantastic. The pre-show last night was really good. Um, so very excited about that. We have almost a hundred people in the chat tonight. Um, we're not going to go through and name them all, but, um, we do have some moderators out there. They're the ones with the little blue wrenches. So they're keeping an eye on everything and making sure everything is, I guess, hunky dory out there in the section crew. So make sure that you keep it civil, keep it modeling or railroad related. And we don't want to have those moderators have to boot you. That's no fun. Um, so if you guys do have questions, though, tonight, make sure you, you post them in there, and I'll get them to Paul as soon as possible. We're going to start. We're going to change things up just a little bit with our presentation this evening. We're actually going to get right into the meat and potatoes. Paul this is going to be interesting to see how this is received. Yeah, this is – this is. we'll yeah, see how this gonna is going to go. So we're going to – Full disclosure, this was my idea. This so, was Mike's idea. This is my idea. So if it sucks and you guys don't like it, blame Andy because he's he agreed. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. So, Paul, um, why don't you go ahead and we'll bring up your uh, slideshow presentation and we'll let you get started. Okay. Um, yeah, we, we take... We do take bribes here, don't we'll we? We'll take Mike? all sorts of bribes. Oh, yeah. We do I'll take, take bribes. Bribe. Yeah, yeah we'll take a bribe. That. We're not above that. So, all right, let me get this added. All right, all right we'll get, Paul. We'll get that. Floor is yours. <laughs> so that comes up okay? Yeah, it looks <laughs> great. Okay. Well, here comes a real test when you start trying to change pictures. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do the clicky clicky. Okay. So here's uh, the first. Uh, you get this one? Oh, yeah. We're. Perfect. Oh, yeah. We're on to slide number two. Okay, so there it is. There's the um, my Facebook and my uh, YouTube page. So if anybody wanted to, to look up those or or find me, that's where you guys can find me. Uh, the Green Bay and Western Lines is all about my my model, and then the Rat Bag Rail Cars are everything that we're going to talk about tonight. So um, the first thing I like to do when I'm going to model something, I just uh, I'll research out the prototype. I try to find something that's either close to it or the effect that I'm trying to achieve, or I'll actually do like um, just a mix of the, the different effects that I find on the picture. So this, these are the three top sites that I actually go to, to uh, find which, what it is that I want to model. And, and of course, like I said, there's so many others there. The, it's unlimited out there now that what you can find. Sure. So what, you're, you're you're going to which ones are they here just for our folks so, catching the audio so i go to uh rail pictures net i yep. go to railroadfallenflags.org and i go to railcarphotos.com those are the hmm. the main three that i go to and actually uh pinterest pinterest a lot really yeah pinterest actually has so many and like you can actually um just search in weathered cars and weathered logos and weather like and, and so many pictures of, of just train stuff pops up and then uh 
So I look and I find a prototype car that I want to model or something close to what it is that I want to model. I find the car, I study it. I'm studying all those little rush streaks and stuff. And uh, yeah, then I make a model of it. So before, I'm, I apologize for, for, for jumping in and asking questions, but um, half, half the reason why we do this show is so I can learn stuff too. Sure. Um, can, can you flip back um, to the, the, uh, yeah, the, the prototype here. So when you're studying, you know, you say you're looking at for rust streaks, do you have a, like a process where you go, um, you know, like kind of go around the perimeter of the car and all that, or do you have, or is yeah, it just so, kind of things that catch your eye? What, what do you do? So right away when like, so first thing I see, I see the patch, right? Yeah. And we know that this was the beloved Chessie system and CSX uh, bastardized everything. So uh, <laughs> they put their, uh, no. And then just seeing, I, I see that quick patch. I see the, the scab lettering. I see the spray painted out uh, sleeping kitty. I don't know why they did that. Mm. But then I'm just looking at uh, just the overall and I can see the rust streaks and grimes where they mm -hmm. build up from. Like you can start to see where it's coming from. Like rust doesn't just happen. It's like you got to actually look and see where it is. Like so many times I'll see people put rust on a model. It's like, OK, but where'd that come from? Right. So this is all coming down from the edge of the rain, rolling down the side of the car, catching that lip and building up on that lip before it actually rolls down. And then it's also catching uh, the material that's building up on the, on whatever this car hauled. And that all contributes to what's causing this rust and the rust lines. Yeah. And then just looking around, you can see all the little patches and that. And it's like, oh, I try to find the real car, but sometimes it's not the exact real car, but at least we can make the representation. of it. So that's when we go to the model. Hmm. You can see I tried to capture everything that was in that picture, right? The scratching on the on the chessy cat the patch out which is actually just black decal paper and uh yeah just try to recreate like it's not the exact same model but it's pretty pretty Boy, that's a it's a pretty good representation i would say right <laughs> Holy cow. so so um how long how long do you do you do you study it do you have the picture up um, while you're doing the weathering too. So like, or yeah. do you just kind of do it all from memory, make notes, or do no, you have no. it like up on a screen while you're doing the, the work? Yeah. I'll usually pull the, uh, either I print it off and I have okay. that picture with me all the time, or I just, everybody's got a laptop now as part of our workbench. Uh, it seems like, so I usually just have it. I usually just have it online and I find it like, I'll try to find as many cars of that car that i'm trying to model i try to find as many pictures like see if you can get the other side of it and that but yeah if you can at least you can kind of still follow what what it is and and you can i i call it the 90 percent mark so okay as long as i hit that 90 percent mark uh i'm my own worst critic i think so as long as i hit that 90 percent, and then i'm happy with the overall uh with the overall model do you ever do you ever have a when you're taking a look at pictures and stuff? Do you ever see a car as you're starting to do one and say, "Oh man, I wish I would have looked one more picture over because that one's even better." Yeah, <laughs> that happens a lot, Mike. <laughs> or somebody else. All right, or I think that I'm at my wit's end of trying to find the car, and then I actually start making it, and then all of a sudden it's like, "Oh, I have a picture of that car." Oh, I have a picture of that car, and it's like, well, "Where were you guys when I was asking you for it?" No, it's. Hmm. Uh, with friends like those, huh? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, it's uh, it's it's fun. So, um, 
the method that I teach uh, tonight, we use uh, acrylic paints and 70% isopropyl alcohol. Um, I, I like this method the best because I have no fumes, right? The only uh, fumes that I have at all and which I do in the air booth is the uh, dull coat. That's the only thing that produces a any kind of uh, fume. This is easy tonight because there's no airbrush involved. Um, mm. Easy, easy to learn. You clean everything with water when you're done. It's quick to dry, so you're not waiting for those months to dry that we'd use for oil paints. This is just quick. Like, we're talking minutes by the time it dries. And then uh, you guys are going to love this the best. It's uh, it's actually fully removable. So really? We can't ruin nothing. Yeah, it totally washes off. If we do not like any effect that we're creating, it actually comes off. Great for all scales. So we have O scale models and an N scale model showing. It, oh. the, paint, the paint is fine enough to get in all those tiny little details in the N scale, but yet still effective enough that we can do it on a O scale model. Wow. That GTW. That's crazy. <laughs> That's really good. So, so Split Rock is asking acrylic is removable? Yep. This, we're this, gonna... this is a true craft acrylic. It's not a, a dollar store acrylic. Um, we'll, we'll get into that more. You're going to find that with the, uh, once I do the, the presentation, we'll talk more about the paint. But yeah, it's, you, you go into the materials, don't you? Yes, yes. So we'll, we'll, we'll get to that, and then, then I can fulfill that question. Okay. Well, I'll jot it down to make sure that Split Rock gets his answer. I'll get his answer. I promise, Split Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, because it, it, you have to know that if Split Rock isn't satisfied, yeah. he'll just keep asking. Yeah. <laughs> no, I promise I'll answer all the questions. You guys will, uh, you guys will like this. It, it, it is a true quality paint. It's not that dollar store paint it's a different different type of paint and i believe liquitex was the company that created the acrylic paint the craft paint so hmm. they were they've been around for a long time um so before we go to start working on our stuff right we're going to add our details first so we either add the detail parts or we just make them um as you can see here i like for the airlines on my uh cars and that i just use that uh 20 gauge aluminum wire I bend it into shape to make the airlines and uh, for the cut levers. And then I just use a craftware and I, uh, I, I use that. What I like about this, I'm not bringing this model to a uh, RPM meet, although I wouldn't be embarrassed to, but uh, when I build the, the models for myself and my model railroad, I, I like the robustness of uh, these parts so that when my operators uh, bump or get a finger caught on any of these detail parts, they don't come off. They're they're very uh, they're very um, solid, so they can they can take the abuse of being in on like a heavily operated model railroad. Yeah, yeah, and then I'm not devastated. And uh, when they if they bend it, I'll, all I just got to do is pull it back into shape. So it's it's the easiest thing. Oh, and you can that. see, so you can see here, like uh, actually all my all my cars and that usually do get the I even uh, give the car bottom a treatment, but. Uh, you can see this is one of those Walders cars where the coupler draft box has to slide back and forth. So oh, yeah. I had to make it so that the the trip lever is still there. So you can see how I just bent it to um, connect to that stabilizing point. 
just with a drop of CA there, and then the airline too. So I had to bend that airline to come in the car so that it doesn't affect the uh, how it how that coupler box works, right? So yeah, don't be afraid to to make your own parts. And once it's all weathered and everything blends together, it's it, it works. It works for an operational layout. And then the airline, you can see uh, just after the end, it's it's aluminum. So all I do is squeeze the very end of it with the, uh, I have two sets of pliers. I have one flat to make the actual flat glad hand. And then I have a pair of pliers, just an old pair of uh, needle nose. And when I squeeze it, it leaves a little um, T-shaped little square and it actually makes it look like the glad hand. Yeah, it gives it that profile. Right. It's not just like a regular hose end. Right. And then That's everybody, cool. nobody's ever um, realized if it was rubber or or aluminum or nothing. Like tonight is <laughs> like the, and I, I like it with my friends because I'll show them and they're like, "What? No way! No way! <laughs> no way!" <laughs> Just like that uh, guy. So here's the materials. Um, everything that I create um, in this in this presentation is done with the materials that you guys see on screen, and this. This paint, I buy it at, um, we have a chain of stores in uh, Canada called Curry's Art Supply. And this is like the true artist um, paints. And they're not expensive. Like uh, a little bottle of this, like seven, $7. You guys got to remember these bottles, I bought it once. And I've had these bottles for like 10, 10 plus years now. So the paint doesn't go bad. And you, and you guys are going to love this because when it dries, we can actually use it again. So that's coming mm. up in the video. But, uh, yeah, everything that you see in here, um, I'll go through each one of these things through the presentation. And you can see how it's used and what I use it at. Um, we'll go to the next Is one. That, are those paint pens there too, Paul? Yep. They got the, we got the focal paint pens. We'll use that for the wheels and trucks. Okay. Um, actually, more for the wheel sets. Sorry. Um, markers do some little tricks that's coming up. <laughs> if I give it away now, it ain't going to make fun to watch the video. <laughs> yeah. Right. Do you, do you use any of the AK pencils at all or the weathering pencils? Um, at all, I've seen that just recently at the, at the, um, hobby shop, but, uh, once you get kind of used to your way, like once you start doing something, right. I'm always open to venturing for, for new ideas and stuff. Like I've actually gotten to these, uh, acrylic inks. But that's something yeah. for, for maybe a future episode that we can talk about. But uh, I'm always up to new ideas. I haven't bought in those 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 color pencils yet, Mark Mike. But uh, they're uh, they're on my radar. I, I got. I some have a couple of the sets, and I haven't used them yet either. And I'm yeah. just <laughs> I'm a little nervous to try. To be honest, oh, you want me to pull the gun first, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> well, I'll do that for you then. <laughs> So uh, we'll go to the next one. Yeah, sorry, no taco sauce here, people. Aw, where's the taco sauce? Oh, you guys that's love my, it. That's love my favorite it. slide. <laughs> I love that. Because I can make the actual wash myself with the um, with this paint, with the... The Liquitex. Yeah, with the burnt umber, I just uh, really, really thin it down to a watery substance and... I can create the same effects that the, the taco sauce does. It's not that I don't have it. I have it. I do use it in certain things, but not in tonight's, uh, tonight's modeling yeah. endeavor. I mean, you're going to cause an uproar with the, the section crew this <laughs> evening. 
Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. The the if you use high quality paint, you can do just fantastic things. Yeah, yeah Liquitex is really good stuff. Oh yeah, it's I I I personally love the stuff. Once once I experimented with it and I found this. And like I say, it was actually on sale the day that I had walked in the art store. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to try this. And I I experimented it with a little bit. And I showed my friend. I'm like, hey, check this out. And he's like, oh, wow, that looks really good. And then experimented some more. And then, you know, you keep refining your ideas. And yeah, and I, I, I don't turn it back. So, And the nice thing about uh, this paint, too, if you wanted to, like um, I can actually thin this down. I thin it down like a 50-50. And it's fully airbrushable, too. So you, if you want to use your airbrush, you can. So. so so there's a question from the chat, Paul, about the paint. So the Otter Creek and Rio Grande says, are these similar to tube acrylics uh, by Liquitex, or is it just a different consistency? Um, this is like a paint paste. Like I, I've seen the tubes. Um, yeah. But it, this has got like, I, honestly, I can't say that I haven't tried the tube stuff, so I can't really tell you that it's the same thing or it's not the same thing. Um, but like it, if you find that soft body, like it says soft body on the bottles, you guys can yeah. see that? You catch that? Here, I can put you back up there. Yeah. So it's it's a soft body that I use and it's, it's more like a paint paste, like it's thick. So. Kind of thick, like an oil, kind of like, like, like an acrylic. Like a, it's, like it's an artist almost, oil, almost thick? as thick as an oil. Yeah. So when it comes out of the bottle, like it's it gets thick, but you can thin it down. I, I only use the alcohol, guys. Um, it's not that you can't thin it with water. I use the alcohol because it speeds it up. It makes yeah. it uh, and it speeds up the drying process, so I can start getting those next layers on. And that was all a fluke how I found those two to match. So. <laughs> yeah. That's, I, you're not supposed to say that. You're supposed to say that it's that was that no, was no. scientific. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I, you were you you trained in Europe for 25 <laughs> years. Yeah, I, I always like to say because uh, I've been doing this since I was a young guy. Um, I think I've ruined more cars than people mm. would even try to weather. So, but that's when I said I've I found this medium and it washes off. So. I'm not ruining the cars anymore. I'm actually, I could fix anything that I've done now. So nice. if the fact doesn't work for you, you'll see, we're going to get to the videos there and then it, uh, it, uh, you'll see the process. So out of all those colors that you guys seen, these are the top three. I call these the big three. Any, any effect that I, I really need, I can do it with these three colors. And those are, it looks like raw Sienna, burnt umber and burnt Sienna. Exactly. Those, yeah. those are the top three. And like I said, these bottles are old. Like, in in this, once you have this, it's going to last you forever. So, it's worth it to take the jump just to try it for how cheap these actually are. And then uh, we get into the paintbrushes. Like, I, I'm not a true artist, so I can't really tell you, like, oh, well, it needs to be this type of hair or this type of of um, type of brush, or it's got to be a certain type. Like, all I do is when I go to my art store, I feel the brush. And if it's got yeah. that nice firmness to it, that's what I need. If it's a brush that folds down and it's too soft, it doesn't work for what we're going to do. Like it's there, There's reasons I do have some of those kind of brushes, but this is the kind of brushes that I look for. Like All I got to do is just feel that in. As long as it's got that nice toughness to it, that works. 
if it's like one of those ones that just fold and it falls all over the place, I can't, those won't work for this. Uh, so a bit of a, a, a more rigid bristle. Yeah. And then yeah. It, you'll, you'll, you'll see why once we, uh, we get into the, the videos of it. So if we were going to uh, distress or fade our logos and stuff, I would, I would start with all that first. I would do uh, like making all those fades for everything, like uh, on the logos and any of the wording. And then we could do that. We can achieve that like just by sanding it, lightly sanding it with the sandpaper. You know, the fine hobby sandpaper. That's what I use to break my logos down. There you go. Um, Air erasers. You guys have the Harbor Freight. We have Princess Auto. Uh, they have a little air eraser kit, and I use uh, baking soda, and I just wash it off on the car. And if you set your airbrush, uh, you set your compressor through an air, like through the air eraser. It works out just enough that you can actually break a logo down just to look just like that. Oh my gosh! Um, white acrylic paint, which I'm going to show you in uh, one of the next videos, and uh, the solva set. You put in the solva set on the on the logo itself. You can break a logo down. These are all for factory uh, factory painted uh, uh, freight car. That's how I break down the logo. Um, Another method of fading, uh, Gary Christensen, he was uh, instrumental. Um, when I was learning, he was one that was willing to give away a lot of secrets and stuff. So he's got an awesome method uh, how to fade uh, cars and that that he uses with an acrylic also. Um, he just uses an acrylic one color lighter than whatever the car is painted. I don't want to take away from him. So if you guys would really like to see his method of uh, fading, um, Feel free to go over to uh, um, his there. Well, it's Jeremy St. Peter's site, but it's uh, the Rust Bucket. You guys yeah. go visit the Rust Bucket, and they they're they're awesome guys over there. Like uh, they're all guys like me. They'll tell you how how they achieved uh, certain goals and stuff to make a model. And again, they're hashtag hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> I still say you coined that phrase, but <laughs> it's good. Yeah, go visit them and and, and you'll see uh, Gary's methods and he's very uh, he's got he's actually got a whole series on on just fading and I, I I follow that I actually do some cars like that also. Um, so we start off first before we're going to work on any model we have to dull coat it. Um, the dull coat gives the model the tooth that this material will stick to. If you, it will work if you don't dull coat it, but you want to be successful, dull coat first. Always, always dull coat. doesn't matter which dull coat you used. I've used every one of these. Um, they all have the same effects. I think that uh, the testers has the most talc that comes out in it. So you can actually achieve weathering effects alone with the, the talc and the testers dull coat. But it was starting to get hard to find for a while. Um, I've used that Krylon, the big can. I, I've used it only when there's nothing else available. I, I still find it comes out pretty thick, no matter what I do. Tamiya, I, I find that the best um, for the nice finished coat. So usually I'll finish everything at the end with the Tamiya coat. And that's the last one that's on. So when you're handling the cars, none of this, uh, none of the weathering comes off. Yeah. And uh, this was the model master. Sorry, I ripped the label when I ripped the lid off, but. That's the model master paint. It, it works too. Just really stinks. Oh, it smells horrible. Oh, that's the that was the worst one. So yeah. I I put them in the order of 
this was the one I, I have cases of this. Like <laughs> I, I honestly do. And it's like when everybody was running out and I'm, I'm like the hoarder of toilet paper during the COVID pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> I have all these cases of this stuff. Though. That's ah, we're we're gonna have to uh, do a show about hoarding. Model railroaders that hoard. That's gonna yeah. be on a shirt one of these days. <laughs> so no, um, yeah, we'll get into the first video. And this, I just start talking about. Uh, this is pretty simple. This is like uh, more information that just comes down. So I'll play the first video. Cool. Okay, so what we're gonna do, we're gonna dull coat a car first. Uh, so what I have right here is a little bowl of hot water and I put the can of dull coat inside the hot water. And this helps break down the, the tulp that's inside the uh, spray can. It increases the volume, which allows us to uh, paint a lot easier. So just gonna let this sit for a little bit. I usually get about five minutes and then uh, we'll take it. We're gonna shake it up real good and then we'll spray paint. Okay, hey Paul. Before you go any further, sure. I have a question. I have a question. Yes. Do you ever interchange the nozzles on your spray cans? If you find one is comes out with a finer mist than finer particulate than another one, do you try to keep that one as your go-to and just go from can to can to can, or do you just go with whatever comes on the can and just go with that? Um, I've, I've had that, I've had that happen where one will come out a lot easier than the other. Um, I find though, Mike, if, if you do the hot water, that's just a regular tap water as hot as you can get it. Right. I find once you really do that breakdown, you clean that little tip after, after I spray, I usually just wipe the end with a, a paper towel when I'm done. I, I, I never really encountered too much of the like buildup. So, right. I just didn't know if there was like a like if you found that like certain even brand new cans where certain tips spray. You, you, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, where you'll get that that. Um, yeah. you get like you get out. a little you get a little bit finer mist coming out rather than like such a heavy mist. You know where you don't have to stand twelve feet away from it in order to get to where you need to be. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I've only had that. Like I said, like. I think I've only ever had to change one on one can because it was like um, like flash around the like the like from their manufacturing process, and that's what really caused it to do that. That's and weird. Actually, actually, in a true story, I actually had a brand new can of Tamiya, and I don't know what the hell was going on with that one, but it came out in in the spots that it made. It was like just horrendous. No matter what I did, so hmm. I uh, garbage can that can. I didn't even want to use it. But I guess, right, any manufacturing process, something's going to happen that they're not all 100% uh, perfect, right? So here we'll go. Um, this was the car from the Weathering Rescue on uh, my YouTube page. Once uh, we agreed to come on the show here, I just stopped that to keep everything for the show. So uh, I'll play this one. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and uh, um, spray paint our well, – we're going to spray the dull coat on our – car so i'm at the paint booth um, this is the only product that i actually use that has the fumes that's gonna affect anything so i have it hooked up to my uh paint booth and uh, we're just gonna give this a quick shot so this is the car we had um doing the weathering rescue on the youtube channel 
Let's give it a quick shot all around with the cans, spray cans. Stay about six to eight inches away. And then we just give it a coat. And now we're just going to let this dry. So, yeah, just uh, like I say, you give it a good soak in, and a good weighting, good shake, and then uh, hit it all over around. So um, we'll go through the steps in this weathering process. Uh, any color that you do, it should be applied lightest to darkest. Mm -hmm. um, we build it up in thin little layers uh, until we build up the effects that we're trying to achieve. Uh, we cover the area. So when you have the car, you're going to actually cover the whole area with paint. And then you're actually going to remove what you don't want on the car. So you're actually flooding the car. And then we're actually cleaning it up what we don't want to stay on the car, which leaves behind all our streaks and our runs. So once you do that and you're happy and you're satisfied with that first layer, like following your, your prototype or even just um, freelancing it, once you're happy with what you've achieved, dull coat it again. Now that locks in that layer. That layer won't come off with the next process of each step that you're doing. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So seal, seal each layer with Delco. So this seems pretty simple. It's not, there's, there's no real, I guess, trick here, right? There's no gotcha here. It's you start <laughs> with the dull coat, right? And, and you let that cure solid, right? So yeah. we have the new car or the, the rescued car. We spray that with the dull coat and now we're now basically these, these are the steps going forward here. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And I tell you, if I can do it, you guys can do it. It's, this is easy. Okay. This is easy. This is easy. Don't be intimidated by anything. Yeah. So let's, we'll just talk about a quick fade first, um, how we were talking about that other fade. So just a quick fade. Uh, we'll do this with the, the white. Okay. Uh, for a simple fade, um, I use some of the Liquitex white. I'll put a little blob on the um, – I get these little trays from uh, the dollar stores. And I use these as like my little um, my little paint uh, palettes. I've I've used paper plates in the past, but I've actually found that uh, especially if the, you leave the paint and it's gone dry, and you start using the paper plate and you're starting to work that alcohol inside it, the the little uh, fibers of the paper plate start to come off and into the actual weathering. So I've switched over to these little plastic things, and they seem to be uh, pretty good. So all I do is take a little bit of that white. We're gonna stir it around. We get us a little watery mixture like that. We're gonna pull that on our women's makeup sponge. And then all I do is I start to dab away. <laughs> I just start to dab. So you can see the effect that this creates. already see that the car's faded out on that side so it gives you that nice light fun um, sun fade on the on the car and then of course if you wanted it more you can you could you just go and you can 
you can break it down even further, right? You can make it. So if you want to give it that real California bleached out look, I find if you put too much of this down, it makes it look like a frosted car. But at least with this, you can see the fade on the car. So I hope that uh, that helps you guys out. So I was Paul, trying to do it real quick for the show. But yeah. So there's least. a question again from Otter Creek and Rio Grande asking, uh, was what was on the plate there? Was that alcohol or water? That's the alcohol. Okay. So you put yep. alcohol on there. Yep. Remember, it's all 70% alcohol in, uh, in, in acrylic paint for this uh, method. Oh, that's fantastic. So now we're going to start into the weathering process. And... One one more question before you fire this one off. Um, sure. So the the weathering sponges, um, where do you get? Where do you pick those up at? Um, just a dollar store. Okay. Uh, to save myself from my own embarrassment, I ask my wife to usually get it for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I usually always get the eye right when I go buy it. But uh, actually, I've, I've I I use all kinds of different ones. Um, I've I found the there's like a there's like um. The, the true triangle that's uh it's more firmer like so i like to use these kind you guys catching that right yeah here so let I me like... bring that up paul i'm sorry i was yep. not paying attention there there you go you're on screen now so great i use these this style of uh sponge to do the um so it's, it's firm it's 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 got like a real firm texture to it i use this to do like the roof effects and because you could just keep uh, pinching it and rolling it to change um, how much that you're applying and stuff. Yeah. But then there's all kinds too. Like uh, the dollar store has like these like arrow type kinds so that you can get real detailed with uh, the points if you needed to, or even like the, the soft back on it. So yeah, just dollar store and um, cosmetic think, wedge, cosmetic wedge. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They work the best for, for that. For that. I, you can get them at Target too. So if, if the wife's or Walgreens, to, or Walgreens or CVS yeah. or any any place like that. Yeah. And yeah, affordability is always the best. I'm cheap. We, so <laughs> I like to find where it's the cheapest personally. That's how I stayed frugal in this hobby. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was one other question from David Winther. It says, does that fade lighten as it dries? Or uh, does it uh, dry and look the same when it's applied? So with those that liquid text, is that is that lighten up when you apply it, or just very little light, very little light when it dries, and and then that's like usually the base coat. So once you apply your weathering over it, like it really pops after, right? The weathering really uh, really comes out, right? So once you fade all the entire car, you seal that car then start all your weathering effects on top of it. Or if that's just what you want is just the fade. And then once you seal it with that uh, dull coat, like it, it makes a perfect fade. Sure. You guys will love that. And then talking about fade, there is one other question mm -hmm. um, from Steve 87th PSAP. Um, he says, so how do you fade black cars? So if you just went with pure white on a black car, it's going to look funny. So what, what I do, they actually have a, uh, they actually have a Payne's gray color. Um, so I find that 
to weather black, I have to fade with grays. So, so you can't just weather, you can't just fade white, um, black car with white. So I, I go into grays or I'll mix it up. Like you can mix this paint too. It, it, you can mix your own color also, right? So Split Rock says, so use a lighter shade of black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Black is its own beast. Um, I find black and dark blue cars, the they're, they're, they're the cars that require the most work. Yeah, I bet. Um, yellow's the modeler's favorite, and greens and browns. Browns are pretty simple. Browns, it's like two colors to weather it and make it look right. All right, I'll bring. Yeah, let's let's kick her off onto the next one now. Okay, here we go. Okay, so we can see the we have our prototype picture of the car we're gonna do. So I have the car in front of me. Um, it's dull coat on it. And what I have up front here is I have some of the paint. So I've already had this out here. And, uh, I was going to shoot earlier the video, but I never had a chance to, but the paint dried up. But that's the great thing about this, uh, this paint. When it dries up, it can be reactivated. So you guys can work on a project, come back a month later. You can actually put some alcohol onto the paint and it'll re reactivate. So I just got some 70% alcohol. Want some seventy percent alcohol in? Sorry for my arms. I'm gonna put the alcohol on the paint, and you can see that the paint's already reactivated. And this juice is what we used to do the weathering effects on the car. So the whole object of this is you put it on, you do it quickly. With the alcohol, you can't, on top of the dull coat, you can't just keep brushing away or else it'll start to wash off. So just for demonstration purposes, we're going to use that. We're going to let it dry. You can let it dry naturally or you can get a hair dryer, give it a, a, a quick dry, and we wait for that to dry. And then we clean our brush off. And what, how this works is we put it on and we take it off. So when, once we take it off, we're going to leave the areas that we want the paint to stay in. So I'll, I'll clean it off like this a little bit. I'll clean off my brush. So if you wanted to make it, if that was the streak that I wanted to make, I'm going to leave it. I'm going to clean away the area that I don't want the streak. And then you control how to make the streaks. So you can already see how I'm going to get and create the lines that I, I need on the car. So I would do that with the whole car. I will go through and I'll, I'll, I'll weather it up with the colors that I need. Um, so that was just burnt umber. So just burnt umber alone is making the grime. It makes that grime effect. And uh in the, in the product. Um, I could use a little bit of the raw sienna so I could reactivate the raw sienna. That's a great thing about this. doesn't matter if it dries up because it's this juice that you actually want to use. Now we will use um, the paint when it's thick and, and, and 
freshly squeezed out of the bottle. I'll show you that we does other tricks after too. But uh, looking at my picture, I can see that there's some um, some brown streaks over on this side. It's kind of awkward to hold it for the camera, but uh, you guys will get the get the gist of of this. So on the prototype, I see that there's some browning on this side of the car. And uh, yeah, so I didn't need to let that dry. But you can see how fast and how how actually easy that is to uh, to apply to the car. Um, yeah, my my car is looking at, at the picture. I don't really need to to paint on this particular car because it's already got that faded look to it. We washed off the, the previous weather. But uh, so yeah, so you can see this. Like I said, you can either just let it air dry, or you can get an air dryer come in and. Um, Last well, actually, I got a little space heater that I use, and I just hold the car away, and I, I let that uh, work. But because the water-based paint dries so fast, it's 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 easy and quick to get this weathering done. So I'm going to let this uh, dry up a little bit, and we'll come back here, and I'll just show you how we'll clean that up, and we'll start to get the colors to match our uh, whatever prototype photo that we're following. Fantastic. There's so there's a, there's a quick Paul. There's a quick question here from the chat. David Winters asking, "How long are you letting your dull coat dry?" Um, you should let the dull coat dry for maybe twenty minutes or so. Yeah, it dries pretty quick. Yeah, it's usually if you could still smell it, then you got to still leave it alone. <laughs> Honestly, that's the trick, right? Like after I paint it, it's like if I can still. If I can still smell the the paint, they still smell that dull coat. I leave it dry along yeah. until you can't smell it no more. And that's that's my go to uh, <clears throat> my go to tell telling me that it's ready. Okay, ready for the next one? Yeah, let's hit it. You see, um, I got my prototype picture and copying all this uh, this effects on the car. So I've went ahead. I put a little bit of this raw sienna color. That's the raw sienna color that I can see inside here that's doing these streaks. I can see I need to do these darker streaks on the car. And that darker streaks, I'll, I'll create that with the raw umber. And then the real heavy on top, I do it with the burnt sienna. So you got to go lightest to dark as you're applying this on the car. So I will add a little bit more of the burnt umber. So let's flowing here so there you guys can see it's we have the burnt umber burnt umber color i'm going to say again it's hard to do for the for the camera work but i need to make my streaks this way accumulation on the door so the whole object is to try to keep so use some kind of um, focal point on the on the car itself like I said for 
trying to do the camera and the car is kind of difficult for the demonstration, but so you can see it's, you put it on, you let it dry a little bit, and then you're, you're taking it off. And that's what creates your um, the effects that you're looking for. So I'm going to just do a little bit more streaking here. You can see how thin the actual uh, coats are. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. Yeah, this is really, really good stuff here. You're building it up. Yeah, just take your time and put the layers down to make the product. So we'll let that dry and we'll come back. So just a quick uh, drying process, make everything quicker. I have this little space heater. So I put the little space heater on. We let it warm up just a tad bit. And then to dry off my car, just dry it off. That off. And then there I have my car is already dry. So everything's already dry to the surface. So, Paul. Are, mm -hmm. So you've, you've dried this layer. Um, are, are we still, uh, Otter Creek and Rio Grande's asking, have we applied another dull coat layer there, yet? There was another dull coat applied between. Okay. Um, I, I was still trying to um, try to do it quickly to, to make the content for the video. So there, there's one that I missed. So there, sure. is, a dull, there is a dull coat between these, these layers. Yeah. So, so the question I have now is, okay, where the Penn Central logo is, if you wanted that after this has gotten dry, you look at it and you say, hmm, I want that just a hair darker, but I don't want anything that I've already done to, to mess any of that up. Do you put that dull coat over the top and then go back over with the same color to try to darken it up a little bit more in that same spot? Or do, yes. you, or do you wait to dull coat it? If, because now, just do another layer of the same color yeah so like once you find like that's what you like like let's say right now you like that pc logo exactly how this works but you just want to add more on top of it you got to lock this one in and then you add your layer on next layer on top of that again excellent or else and, if you start washing it with the alcohol it's gonna the alcohol is gonna take it away hmm. okay, it's gonna so. chip at it so now i'm gonna add a little bit of the burnt sienna to get the streaks out. So I'm just going to want to create the streaking that we see on the corners here. So I'm going to drain that. As it's going through the process, the car actually looks like crap. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. And so you, you shoot it with the alcohol, with the, uh, dull coat again and then it brings it right back so, to and then you're like wow it looks, looks good again <laughs> so so david winter was asking you don't run into the the hazing any hazing issues with alcohol and the dull coat you can already see the streaks coming in that you want to create you do here i'll let me pause this for a minute to, sure, yeah would you so you will you will run into that hazing but once you shoot with alcohol with the uh dull coat again the hazing's gone 
but sometimes you want that effect. Sure. So, the, so sometimes I want that hazing effect. Like I was just saying earlier about a blue car. Um, if if oh, you guys yeah. if you guys see on my uh, wrap bag page, I have like a before and after of a Grand Trunk car. So that car I actually shot it with dull coat, and through an airbrush I spray painted the the uh, alcohol, and then the alcohol just gave it a perfect blue fade. Yeah, there's there's more than one way I, I do the weathering, but. I, I don't want to take away from what we're doing tonight, but yeah, there, there's more ways and there's more tricks I'll be able to show you guys in the future. So I'm going to resume this. And uh, yeah, so just for demonstration purposes, I just did this real quickly. Um, usually, what I'll do is in between each layer, as I finally get it, that the first colors that we laid down, as I get it to what we want, I will lock it in with Dolco. Then I add the next layer, and then we lock it in with Dolco do the next layer and then we lock it in Dolco. So that's how you uh, you get that effect. So you can easily see in the picture how the, that how we're how we're achieving that. So if I was working on this car I'd be a lot more uh, time into into creating the, the effects that I want. So but for now let's go lock this up in Dolco and then I'll show you how it actually all comes off if we didn't want it. Yeah, if we were doing the actual model, like you could see the brush marks and stuff, I would actually take my time and, and clean that real, real well, right? Right. Yes, but I'm just... Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, but you could see how it works, so... And then I'll show you guys that. So you can see, I'm just going to hit that with Dolco. I'm going to let that dry. And I'll show you that nice thing about this system is if you didn't like this, if how any of this didn't work out for you, if you messed it up or anything, we're going to actually be able to wash this off. And, uh, you guys will be happy. So, but you can't ruin them all. We can always go back and fix it and repair what we've done. So we'll talk a little bit about textures. Um, again, we go back to those uh, sponges. But now we use raw paint. So when we squeeze the paint out of the bottle, this is actually just the thick paint and we're touching the surfaces to create any of these effects. You can see it works on steam. We have it on the steam and all the uh, the piping in the bottom to create that rust effects on the piping. Makes that real crusty looking uh, effect. And then you can see it also on the roof of the freight car here. Mm, that's cool. <laughs> and then this is just a quick video. This is just a quick way how to do it. So now if I wanted to make some kind of um, uh, some texture on the roof, right? I've used, I used the more of the makeup sponges. So I put some paint in its raw form and it's uh, wet and active right now. Not, we're not working. Like, can't confuse this with the dried paint. This I need it um, like fresh. So let's say we wanted to put some, some texture on the roof. So I use the woman's makeup sponge, or I've used the Avid Blue Box sponge. Um, any kind of packaging sponge that's rough is nice. And even like those scouring pads that you have underneath your sink, you know, the, uh, the yellow and, and the green, we use that. So all I do to, to do my textures on the roof, we start with like our lightest color that we wanted to 
to make. So I'm actually loading up the, the actual paint and we go on and I'll put it on the car. Actually, let's, uh, let's go on to a silver car so that it's a little bit easier to see maybe. So like I said, we'll load up the paint. What I'll do is I'll go and dab it on the car. So we have our lighter color and then we'll go into just a, a little bit of a lighter, uh, darker color. And then into our darkest. So you get to see how that effect is created to do those rust breaking through patches. Hmm. That's really simple. Simple. Keep it simple, boys. Yeah. <laughs> I like to have it. Sorry, Mike, go ahead. No, I said, and there you have it. Yeah, there you have rusty it. rough. <laughs> So again, on Pinterest, they have um, a roofer. There's a guy called Roofer Madness, I think it is. And he has a lot of pictures of roofs of cars. And that's, really? Yeah, it's it's actually fun to follow. And and then you start making those, uh, the prototype uh, ways. And then once you, once you study it again, you'll see the, like I said, it's basically the big three that I just went through colors. You start studying on the, on the prototype uh, roof and you, you start to see exactly like those kind of patterns. That was on Pinterest? Yeah, I believe it was Pinterest that I found that Roofer Madness. I'd have to actually find the link, and then uh, oh, I get it. Play on Reefer Madness. Oh, there <laughs> we go. <laughs> so now, if I wanted to make some kind of um, uh, some texture, sorry. So uh, oh. we'll take the pause. <laughs> high, high, high production quality here. He fits well, right in, doesn't he? He does. He's <laughs> he's gonna be. He's gonna get his five timers jacket in, a, in no time. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. So only guy, to, only guy to have ever done it in one in one in one show. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Yeah, outstanding. So we're gonna take we're gonna take a, a little uh, commercial break here, um, and we're gonna we're also we're gonna take a segue into short line of the show. Um, so it's gonna give you guys a, a the ability to to digest um, you know all the all this content that Paul has shared so far. And again, keep the the questions coming. They're they're really good ones tonight, asking about the the different types of materials and, and techniques. So. Keep keep that coming. We're gonna we're gonna do short line of the show, and then we're gonna jump right back in to 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 the rest of Paul's presentation here. So the rest of his rat bag. The rest of the rat bag. <laughs> the rest of the rat bag. So all right, we'll kick it over to the Greasy Meat Hands Band. All right, folks, it's time for a short line of the show. This is where we take a look at all the fun little short lines across the United States, Canada, North America. Mike, 
where are we today in our journey? Okay, first of all, this is either going to go really, really good, or it's going to be a monumental failure. I'm <laughs> one of those. I'm, yeah, it's, I'm actually excited. No middle ground here, right? Oh, there is. It's either one end or the other. That's it. That's that's all there is. There is like no middle ground, like you said. Uh, we're changing right. things up, right? Yep, we're changing things up. So, as we always do, I'm going to get into the. Okay, let me see if I do this the right way. So we're uh, we're hashtag not prepared uh, as usual. No, no, no! I forgot to hit. I forgot I hit a button. Hold on a minute. Hold on. There we go. This and then this. And then this. Split rock. <laughs> what? Mike O, the SpaceX model. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Only if I'm throwing chunks of concrete at you is that yeah, true. Yeah. There we go. All right. So all right. So Mike, we're gonna we're gonna try something. We're gonna try different. this. We're trying this here. I'm gonna hit my share. Thank thank you, Wigwag, by the way. Uh let's see. We're doing this and we're gonna go here. Can ever can you see that? Yes, we can. All right. We are in the great state of Minnesota, Minneapolis, St. Paul area, and we are going to be looking at the Minnesota commercial. Mm. All right. The Minnesota commercial. Railroad the Minnesota got, commercial. The railroad that's got a little bit of personal touch that or personal interest uh, for, you know. So the Minnesota commercial – it's based in Minneapolis, St. Paul, uh, Minnesota. It started operations um, on February 1st of 1987. It was formerly known as the Minnesota Transfer Railroad. Now, the Minnesota Transfer, I'm not exactly sure on how this all happened, but on February 1st of 1987, Minnesota Commercial leased the trackage from the Minnesota Transfer Railroad. Hmm. So it's kind of one became the next, if that makes any sense to a certain degree. They have about 150 miles worth of track, and they connect with pretty much every railroad in the Twin Cities area, BNSF, CN, CP, Twin Cities and Western, that's the TCW, and the Union Pacific. Um, they have got all sorts of industry spaces. I believe they also do um, uh, the Hiawatha district, like what William Sampson uh, take, uh, models and on his, his stuff. Uh, and we'll see a little bit of this here a little later. But um, they have many different areas of industrial uh, trackage and things of that nature they offer up like a this is one thing that i thought was really interesting when i did the research on this they actually have a team track service where they have multi i think it's like five or six locations across the city or growing the greater minneapolis st paul area where if you had say say you had some kind of special load that you needed to have unloaded someplace say you had a flat car of 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 like ingots or a flat or, or a flat car of like cast steel or something like that something that something different that you needed a special you didn't have your own track to to unload of that 
Minnesota Commercial actually has locations for you to be able to do it, which I thought was really, really kind of cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, and modeling-wise, what a great little thing. You just have a little spur track someplace. You put anything you want there. Yeah, you know? pretty much any any type of car. Right. Yeah. So um, they also have uh, lumber, steel. They service several different grain mills in Minneapolis, St. Paul area, which is known for their grain elevators and and uh, grain districts. Uh, they have a lot of warehousing. They have transload facilities, which is not the same as the team track services. So they actually have regular facil- transload facilities that, you know, for like bulk bulk uh, powdered items like flour and things of that like nature. fertilizer and yeah, those types of things. Yeah, whatever kind of stuff like that. And then they have a whole bunch of places that are just they 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 actually coined it as miscellaneous manufacturing. So that could be <laughs> the thing plastic to you know to uh hay <laughs> to to uh rubber chemicals all sorts of stuff unbelievable minnesota commercial minnesota commercials big claim to fame is that they their motive power roster is about as eclectic as you are going to get um, Alco, EMD, General Electric, Montreal Locomotive Works, uh, and that, like I have written right here, that includes rebuilds of all of these engines. So it it does if it has four wheels and or six wheels and runs, they'll use it. <laughs> and age doesn't matter. And we'll see some of that here in a little bit. Now, I'm not sure how well this map shows up. Um, I don't know. Can I control scroll and? You might. We could. We're gonna break it. There you go. That'll actually. That actually worked pretty good, Mike. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So, the... so their main, their main yard area is right over here in St. Paul, the Mississippi River splits Minneapolis and St. Paul in half, basically. So uh, over here in St. Paul, they have uh, their main yard area. And that's, it's not overly huge, but it's big enough. Um, University of Minnesota is is right in this area here. Uh, can you see my, my little paw cursor there, guy? Yeah, I can see that. Okay. Good. All right. So... This area here is along University Avenue by University of Minnesota. This is called Dinky Town. Whoops. Dinky Town. Um, Dinky Town. It's actually a, an area in Minneapolis that they, like a little subdivision type thing. It's right around the university, and it's just a lot of, lot of cool shops and things like that in there. But it's really got some awesome railroad stuff, grain elevators, BNSF's big yard, got a big yard there. Uh, Minnesota oh, yeah, Commercial's got a big yard there. Um, it's just, uh, as a matter of fact, this is one of the locations where uh, one of those transload facilities is at, actually. Right next to the big B, is that the BNSF yard? 
Yeah, it's right in this general neck of the woods. Um, man, why is it? It must time out. It Can't must know. time out. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll figure it out. So, uh, they also serve uh, New Brighton, Minnesota, mm. uh, Fridley, Minnesota, which I'll everybody will be heading that way here after I get done talking. Um, then they also go to uh, Hugo, Minnesota. And Bayport, Minnesota, which are off of this line over here. Hmm. So, for the most part, that's uh, that's <laughs> that's the Minnesota commercial. the The original Minnesota commercial, I believe, is this line right here. The north south on, line. The north on, south line on yes. the east side of on the east side of the Mississippi. On the east side of Mississippi, Mississippi, yes. Easy for you to say. Yeah, yeah, right. So, <laughs> all right. Oh, wrong way. All right, so go. the Minnesota commercial, this is their all-time roster. And what? <laughs> I just, I thought I, I could have swore I saw a B23-7 there. Oh, uh, you do. There's 11 ah, of them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Uh Oh, you're 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 looking at the B twenty three. You don't want to talk about the B thirty nine dash eight E. No, I, I didn't. or 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 an RS twenty three. Um, I mean, this is what I was saying before. Their their roster, they have got some of the neatest power for a short line railroad that you're ever going to see. Now, this is the all time roster, so much of this is been sold off and gone like the the rs3s aren't there anymore and uh i i know the cf7s are not there and i don't think the gp16s are there anymore so wow yeah so this is crazy they are home to the last operating rs27 in the united states the green bay and western former green bay and western 316 is the last running RS27 in the country. Huh. The 318 is still there. But uh, I visited there, and I'll show you some pictures that I took. But when I visited there uh, with William Sampson, uh, the guy in the shop actually told us that they had to use the part off of the 318 to keep the 316 running because they couldn't find the part. So now they're trying to find a part to replace it on the 318 to get that to run again. So it's not, it, there's, it's just taking a nap for right now. The 318 <laughs> is there's fingers crossed that, that it, it will go back to uh, get back running. They have a, a, a former Santa Fe, uh, SF-30B that they still use, number 42. Uh, you'll see a picture of that. Um, you'll also see a photo here in a little bit of the uh, of a former Canadian Pacific RS-18U that is still in use. Wow. Um, from what my knowledge is, that they are also the only railroad in the United States using a RS-23 from Montreal Locomotive Works in regular service. Really? 
Yeah, and that's a crazy little engine because you think of RS, right? You think of an RS engine yeah. as being this kind of like GP9, GP35 type thing. Uh, RS23 is an NCAB switch engine. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. It's it's actually a gorgeous looking engine. And then this is what I thought was nuts. They have a C36-7 that was built for Hammersley Iron from Australia. Wow. I know, so They right? got a six-axle. They've got there. several six-axles, actually. Um, yeah. So, let's see. Uh, here's here's my baby. This right here. This is what the three... Well, lucky enough... Jump in, Paul. Jump. Oh, that's, yeah, that's the best, for sure. Yeah, jump what? on in. What's that, Paul? <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's the best. It makes my that's heart happy seeing it's still alive. Yeah, it it's uh, lucky enough that it was in the roundhouse the day we showed up. Uh, it wow. wasn't it wasn't scheduled to be used that day. Uh, it was supposed to go out the, the day after. But uh, yeah, this was this was an incredible catch. Uh, I I'm not I'm not gonna be I'm not afraid to say it. I actually when I saw her for the first time when I walked in there, I actually teared up a little bit. I was I was just I was really happy to see something from the Green Bay and Western still looking semi Green Bay and Western. Uh, it was really really cool to actually get to touch this engine again with my you've own spent hand. Time you've spent time with this one, haven't you? I have restarted this engine on multiple on multiple <laughs> times. Like going 25, 30 miles an hour and having this thing die on me because it overheats. You know, I mean, yeah. uh, as a head-end brakeman on the Green Bay and Western, yeah, that was one of my jobs was to make sure that... So, so Split Rock's asking you, where, where's the brake handle on this one? Ah, uh, the brake... What do you mean the brake handle? What? He says, where's the brake handle on this engine? Laugh out loud. Oh, jeez. He says, it's like seeing a living dinosaur. It is actually like seeing a living dinosaur. You know what's really funny? You see this little, you see this little box right here. Yeah, that's done by design because their wall used to be solid. <laughs> Do you see where the knuckle is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they actually had, they actually had somebody run into the wall with one of the engines, so they just said, "Well, instead of putting a new wall there, they just actually made a little alcove theirs." So that way, in case they had to, they could come in with a little bit bigger locomotive and get in there with them. Just put the knuckle inside that little area there. It's actually kind of ingenious. So that's RS twenty seven number three sixteen. Uh, I've got a bunch of photos of this. I I only added the one. So that's but, a beauty, though. It's just, I just love, I just love that the the Green Bay and Western is still clinging on with the checkered. You know the checkered sill, the black. No matter, no matter how much people try to, they, these guys try to kill it, it just won't go. And then away. the herald plate you can see under the cab window yet. There, yeah. You know where yep. the outline of it is. That's just. It's funny. It's funny you say that. Actually, all three railroads are seen on this. I wish I should have included that, but all three railroads are actually included in this from the Green Bay and Western to the Wisconsin Central, to the Minnesota commercial, really? you can actually see all three of them here. And a little bit 
right in here, or actually right here, you can actually see a line from the W. Oh, yeah. From from the WC. Yeah. Ah, that's a beautiful. So here's, here's the next one. Here's the RS-18U. That was inside the shop also. Wow. Yeah. That's a sexy-looking engine. <laughs> yeah, it is. That is a real... Check out the handbrake, how they, how they, uh, when they, when they lowered the nose or however the heck that all happened, where they made that in, inside this little area here. Personally, I would think that'd be a pain in the rear end to try to, to apply that handbrake being in set like that, because I mean, you're not going to run into it, but it just, to me, seems to be kind of. I don't know. I'd like to have it stick out just a hair more, but, but yeah, isn't that gorgeous? That's really, that's a cool looking locomotive. It reminds me of how they used to put those uh, bathtub Jesuses on the properties of people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The bathtub Madonnas. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah that, that's a, that's a really good analogy. <laughs> that, that's exactly what, that's actually exactly what it looks like. Now, this one I took a while back in the 318 and the 314. Um, the 318 is now down on a track in the yard. This is actually taken, obviously, in the wintertime, but it was taken at uh, over by the engine facility. And the 314, I don't know if that one's still being used. It might be. I think the 314 might still be being used by Minnesota Commercial. I know a couple of the C424s are still there, but I, I'm not exactly sure which ones. So hmm. then this was a really neat thing. Blue? Yeah, blue. This is a B36-7 that Minnesota Commercial had just acquired from TTI, which was Trans Tennessee Industries, I believe. Something along those lines. It's kind of like a coal hauler down in Tennessee. Yeah, I think I think a delay in block on YouTube did a rail fan series on that. On yeah, that, on that railroad. Yeah, the, and this is this is one of their those engines. The Minnesota Commercial had just gotten it. They were going through it. It was not ready for service yet. Um, I don't know if they painted it prior to coming out of the, sh you know, getting put in service. But yeah, this was this was another really kind of neat catch. Um, wow. Here you can see here you see the back end of that RS eighteen. Yeah, right. So yeah, this was really really kind of neat, and and the guy from the shop was really really awesome. Um, he, he showed us around all sorts of stuff. That's cool. That's really this, this is one of the neatest things that pictures I think I took. And I know it sounds weird, but the story is, is that this sign is in its original location. It had fallen down inside the shop and they re they put it back on the wall you can see it being hung by it's hanging there by chains and yeah. supported and stuff. This sign is the original Minnesota transfer sign on the original wall of the outside 
of the roundhouse. This was the original outside of the roundhouse. Wow. So they keep this sign there, and it is absolutely amazing. I I, I couldn't believe that because where, where we are here, this is all new. This is all newer um, and more modern construction and stuff of that nature. This is where the original brick roundhouse kind of ended. So that was really kind of a neat thing, I thought. Uh, you know, just kind of shows the heritage and that not every railroad wants to get rid of what its history, you know. Yeah, right. So let's this this is your friendly neighborhood RS23 that hangs out in Fridley, Minnesota, and that's pretty much where it stays most of its most of the time, from what I understand. Um there is somebody, John. Oh, what is his name? I forgot to write it down. When we were at the Minnesota at the at the modelers retreat in in Plymouth, Minnesota, there's a gentleman, John Whithouse. Rings a bell. John Whithouse. He's yeah, a former John, workbench, uh, workbench of the Week winner. He has one of these that he has 3D printed. Yeah. And they may, I'm not going to say they will be, but there, there may be some things in the works down the line for this engine. Um being available at one point so but it his he's got one or two of them and i tell you what they look gorgeous yeah he, i think he he's does, flashed them up on the show once or twice too yeah yeah i mean it's just group. it's a beautiful little engine just a cool i mean nobody thinks of an rs as an end cab switcher like this right. it's just fantastic here's some b39-8s in new brighton pair of them you know they and the thing is is the minnesota commercial for being a a metro area railroad they go through some really kind of neat scenery uh so they actually have some very pretty scenery that they go through it's not just all skyscrapers and industries you know yeah. so it's not all of all downtown right i just kind of thought this was a neat picture here's the 316 out and about in St. Paul. Cool bridge who shot. Who, yeah, who doesn't like a bridge shot, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, during the modelers retreat last year, or the operators retreat that we had, or that they, uh, Twin Cities Division had hosted, um, I got the opportunity to operate on Dan Dosa's layout. And he models a Minnesota commercial. And let me tell you, I think we spent, I want to say it was two hours on his layout, me and another guy. And I was three feet away from this other gentleman, and I never knew it. Yeah. That's, how, that's how engrossed you become in this layout. This layout is only like six or seven feet long maybe eight feet long at the longest and only about two feet wide. Mm. And it is two separate layouts and the layout and, and it is two separate layouts 
because he models two separate divisions. Down here on the picture on the left here, this is his variation on the Hiawatha district. And then on the top right here, this is his variation on a different portion of the, of the railroad. Wow. So, and, and each of them, if you look like right in this area here, this is the staging area for the upper deck. And over here, this is the staging area. I'm, I'm sorry, yeah, and underneath that, there's a staging for the bottom deck. So the two stagings don't touch. It is literally two separate layouts in That's one cool. space. There's some pictures of the Hiawatha district off to the right. This is really cool that we got to actually see a, a short line of the show translated to a model railroad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, kind of yeah. It doesn't happen a lot, you know. No, I it mean, doesn't happen much. No, and I always I thought I hate to say it, but this is kind of one of my favorite pictures. One coming under the over, underpass or, or overpass. That's yeah. I, I like the way that one turned out. But this is the bottom deck. This is uh, off to the right here is uh, or down to the bottom, I guess it would be, uh, is where you're coming out of staging. Hmm. This is uh, up here. This is the top deck. You have a chemical plant. This chemical plant, if ever you felt as if you had more hair than you really thought you wanted, <laughs> this is the spot to go to take care of that problem. This this is absolutely, and I do this all the time in real life. As a real was, railroader. As a real railroader, this was an incredible challenge. And I I don't understand how some people could do it the way he's got it set up. The end of the track, you can only fit one car in the engine. Hmm. And you have four spots to get things taken care of. Ooh. It might be two cars in an engine, but it's not more than that. And I mean, what it, the, no, I believe it's two cars in an engine, and the engine is right at the end of the track, and the car, the tank car, just fits over the switch points. So it is really a lot of fun. Uh, this is some more of the upper deck right here. This is a little this bit more like long. Cool layout. It is an extremely cool. No. Yes, he's got it. It's Plywood Pacific, blah, blah, blah. He's got so many cool little scenic elements in this already that it's just a matter of tying it all together with the, you know, mm -hmm. the actual scenery parts, you know. Uh, here's his 316, which is an, I believe that's an Atlas locomotive. RS-27. Yes. Here's it is going over a bridge district. He has... Uh, down on the Hiawatha district here, he had the uh, 401 was one of the engines. I believe that's a GP7 they, that Minnesota Commercial actually got. This is a real locomotive they got from the Bangor and Aroostook, I believe. That's what uh, it looks like. Yeah, and this is the way it looked. And it wasn't on the railroad for very long, but yeah. So, so it can be modeled, and it can be modeled in several different ways, but this was a really 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 cool variation on how to do even a shelf layout was it, it it took a shelf layout to a different concept yeah right you know what i mean it's awesome 
So here's some of the uh, engines in, in HO scale that are available or becoming available. Um, this is the, uh, I think this is a Bowser M630, I believe that is. Uh, and then Rapido, uh, down here is the Atlas RS, uh, or no, that's a C424 down here. Then you have Rapido has these three locomotives, the M420W. Uh, believe they're coming out with this is the rs18 u yep that's the rs18 u and then this is a b36-7 i believe so there are several of their engines that are available in ho scale that's awesome so you could you could start modeling this today you could yeah you could i mean it you could Break it down to whatever if you wanted to make it like a long, 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 like linear railroad. It would work really well with that. Or if you wanted to make it like what Dan Dosa did and just take little chunks of it and make little switching districts. So it's good for a switching layout and a basement empire. Absolutely. And the train and the trains aren't necessarily some trains are Five cars long. Some car trains are a hundred cars long. Wow! It all depends because cool. they go, but they go between all the different railroads. So now, this is if you go and you look up Minnesota Commercial Railway, you can look them up. They, they got a YouTube presence. They've got Facebook. They got Flickr. They're on Pinterest. I, you know, when Paul was talking about it, railroad picture archives. I use those a lot. Local local photos is one that I think is really highly underrated. Yeah. Um, that one, the cool thing about local photos, railroadpictureArchives.net has the same thing. But local photos, you can also look up freight cars. And, and I believe you might be able to even look up trains, if I remember right. There's, there's two other tabs that oh. they have. That you can look stuff up in railroad picture archives. They have a, a freight car archive also, and their locomotive archive. So check those guys out. Just search for Minnesota Commercial Railway on any one of these social media things, and there's all sorts of other like groups on Facebook and some of these on YouTube and stuff that that are associated with the Minnesota Commercial Railway also, and that. Ooh. Brings us to a, the end of this week's or this episode's short line of the show. And next episode, we are going to be in Mississippi. Outstanding. That was pretty cool. Mike, I think that was a beaming success. Um, if you have to ask me, I, I like how you put that presentation together for short line of the show. Yeah, I, I, thanks. It, it was kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I owe it to Andy for putting the template together because uh, if it wasn't for Andy, I would not have been that organized. You guys all know that by now. So yeah, let us know in the chat um, if you like the new format, a short line of the show. Um, give it a thumbs up or uh, or just say, yeah, this is this is this is the way we go um, going forward. So thank you, Mike, for putting that together. I think it's time to get back to to the rat bag here. Yeah. Uh, we, we, what's that? Back to the rat bag. <laughs> back to the rat bag. 
So we're gonna where where we last left our heroes. <laughs> You're back up and running there, Paul. Well, it's not sharing here. Oh, I think I have you still shared. Oh, was he? Yeah, I had I had him I had him up still on the thing. I can remove it when we can start over. That's fine. So would I go back to present? Yeah, we'll do the we'll do the present. Um and we'll we'll get it in there. Um, but no, I thought that was fun, Mike. I liked I liked how you, you tied everything together from um you know the, the history all the way to the models. You know, that was good. You captured everything. <laughs> Thanks. I uh I, I I I tried to have as much fun with it as I could, so that's cool. Yeah. Looks like people liked it, so I mean it's Yeah, I I think it was well done. I really like how the model tied into the the prototype. That was a that was a right, like like the candy to the. <laughs> I I actually came up with that while you were talking. Believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it worked out great. That was a great job. Mate. Thanks. Yeah. Okay, so are we ready to continue? I think we I think we press on here, Paul. Okay, here we go. So we'll continue on. Uh... So to do all the little uh, rust pits, dings, and scrapes. I found a really easy method to do this, guys. Um, I like to take all the mystery out of the weathering process for everybody, make it so easy. Um, if, the, if this guy can do it, me, you guys can do it. So I found these uh, brand of, um, they're like a marker. I found this at the local craft store. I've actually found these at Michael's. Um, so that'd be your Hobby Lobby in the States. But I found these at Michael's. I found these about any of these uh, craft stores that I, I go and buy my paint supplies. So I buy my paint supplies here in Canada from an art store called Curry's. But you'll be able to find this at any uh, quality um, art, art place for this. But you'll find these kind of markers too. So I have found uh, Copic and I use uh, Sepia. And I've also used these Prismacolor um, mm. fine tip marker colors. And this is how I do all the little rust pits and scrapes. So what I'll do to make the rust pit, I'll look like, so I could see like, again, I'll follow prototype, but just for uh, demonstration purposes, I'll, I'll do this. So we'll just put, we'll put them in a few random spots. Um, if I had to make a scrape, I'll make a scrape. So we put that on like that. You just let it dry for just a, a couple seconds. I'm going to get a just a, a flat paintbrush here, and you're going to grab those spots, and you're just going to pull down. Straight down. Straight down. I go back, and I'll go right to the, the top of that little pull down and I'll just dot again. So it gives me that capitalized effect on top of the, the rust scratch and rust pit. So I'm gonna let that sit just a little tiny bit. Let that dry. Just blowing it to dry down quicker. And then I'm gonna pull that down. 
that's how you make all the little tiny rust pits and scrapes. So simple. <laughs> that's what I get. If I wanted to make a, a really dark, I'll go and I can just capitalize on it again. Capitalize on that rust down scrape, or I can get, they have the Copic black. So now I'll go with the black inside the little dot and I can just touch touch very very I'll touch that with the black and it gives it that really dark uh, dark rust and you can see that little halo that's around it that the rust gets so there I hope you uh, you guys learned some simple little tricks I like to call it the you see those TikTok videos where the guy's like what no way <laughs> What? <laughs> Love that guy. <laughs> so there's a question from John Rose there, Paul. Is that is that a dry brush or do you you hit that with a little alcohol before? That was you pull just it just pure dry. Pure dry. Yeah, you're just using the you're just pulling that little streak. That's just for the little streaks alone. That's it. That's awesome. That's good stuff. Everybody can use that trick. That so yeah. So now let's say we totally were not happy with this at all. So I'm just gonna get a paper towel here. With just a little bit of elbow grease, we just take that alcohol. We're gonna wash the car. So I didn't ruin it. I didn't. It's a model that I was trying to save for something you know i was so worried about everything that i've done on it i can just take it off and start all over wow okay now i have a question for you on that yep now what if I have a car that I painted myself, a custom painted and it's decaled, and I've got a set of dull, I've got dull coat over the top of it. I did something I just don't like the way that looks. How 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 worried do I need to be that I'm going to damage the decals with that taking that alcohol to it after? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So after you've painted it and you've decaled it, so I, I presume like you gloss coat the, the model after you've done it, you put your decals on, then you gloss coated the model again, correct? Well, sure. <laughs> that, that's really how, how to, um, if you really want to make a model where it doesn't show no decal sheen, that's, that's actually how you should, you paint it. You, so you finish the model, you gloss coat it, put your decals on it, all your setting solution, and then gloss coat it again. And I guarantee you, you won't see none of the edges of the uh, decal. Just, yeah. just as a as a former painter of all kinds of models, that's how exactly how I do it. But when you put that that um, I call it the finished layer of gloss coat, I make sure I put it thick enough that I'm getting rid of those decal edges, because this method, if 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 your decal was rough. And it has that little ridge, so when you're going to pull those streaks, it actually shows up in the in the, in the model. So you got to make sure that 
your decals are, are, are well covered. But once they're well covered like that, if, if, if you followed what I just said, um, weathering is, is exactly like weathering any other car after that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So question. So you, you use 70% isopropyl alcohol. Yep. Is, do you, do you use that over 91 or 99 for a reason? (laughs) Never use 99 or 90. I use that to actually strip the paint. Yeah. So that's, so that's why you use 70% and not, and not 91 or, or 99. Yeah. So true story. My nephew uh, from Alberta came here and uh, I had a bottle of, of the 99 and then I had a bottle of 70. So I had told him, like I was showing him, I'm like, pour a little bit in the your cup. So not looking at the bottle that he actually grabbed, he grabbed the 99. And I'm like, just put a little bit of alcohol and I'll run the streak. And he's like, Uncle Paul, he was, the green's coming off this come out <laughs> And I'm like, you got to put just a little bit. He's like, I am. And it's like, I look over and I mean, like the model's getting back down to the, the black plastic underneath. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell did you do? So I actually, um, I, I, if you guys go on my rat bag site, you're going to see there's a BNSD 45. I actually had to fix it and we made it look like an oil spill uh, coming out of the doors of the locomotive. So we rescued it and, it was funny when he went back to uh, Calgary, he was showing his friends and they're like, oh, how did you weather that? He goes, well, you got to start with 99% alcohol. Oh, no. <laughs> it was just a funny joke and it, it becomes a, a funny thing now when we uh, we do the models. So let's go to, okay, uh, the roof with the peeling paints effect. Mm. You got your salt chipping methods. You have all kinds of different methods, right? To do that, everybody has their own method how to do that. Here, I'm going to show you mine. So, yes, we use the Sharpie, and that's how I create the effects of the peeling paint on the roof. And Silver Sharpie. Ways in that. I'll really? Just go around and just give little touches of the, in the areas, and then that gives us that effect that you're, uh, that you're seeing. Yep, take all that mystery out of it. Just a, just a Sharpie. And then when we hit it with dull coat again, it gives it that dull, uh, galvanized look. This um, this is also very effective when I do my truck trailers. So I'll just pull up a truck trailer here. So here I just have a trucks and trucks and stuff uh, regular trailer. Um, you can see it's 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 very uh, blank and boring. But if you ever see a real life trailer, it's an aluminum. It's an extruded piece of aluminum that's on the side sill. And it's around the doors and all the door hinges and that. So it's just good to use the Sharpie. And you can just recreate that effect. Oh, wow. With your Sharpie. Helps to have a steady hand, too. (laughs) Yeah. We need to get that what no way guy queued up on a... (laughs) What? No way. way. (laughs) Your arsenal, That's really cool. um, So this is just regular craftware. I have a 26-inch gauge uh, floral craftware. This is what I use to make all the airlines on my trailers. Um, Yeah, so just taking a cheap little trailer to make uh, filler stuff for the intermodal. But you can see how that works. And then I'll I'll go again. I'll do a second pass to to make that aluminum. I will go around all the um, the little detail here. And I'll have uh, 
a pretty effective trick when I'm done. Pretty cool. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Yeah, that's okay. (laughs) Yeah, when I was, uh, I did the Toronto train show as an exhibitor, and uh, I think, uh, I think the Sharpie stock went up. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. (laughs) Everybody's like, oh, I got to go get that. It was pretty fun. Um, So let's get into uh, trucks and wheels. So these are the pictures I used. uh, Like, this, this is like the effects that like where we were showing that uh, pro car uh, pro core car earlier where I see all the colors and again, just whatever you find and you study. So I, I, uh, here we'll get into the next picture. So when I'm studying what I'm looking for, I'm, I'm looking at that touch texture of rust that's on the truck. I see gray. Like I, I see that metal natural gray color. I can see the little white highlights when I'm looking at it, can you guys see my pointer if I was to point out? Oh, yeah. Okay, so we can see the natural whiting highlights, right? Um, you could see the graying of the truck, right? And I can see that natural uh, dark red rust that's starting to form around the journal bearings. And that's the the kind of effects that I, I use. Also, if you guys looked at that pro car car, um, the bearing cap, actually, I just touched that with a Sharpie pen. So that's what gave it that silver, remember? at the beginning oh yeah that's right so all i just did was just boop, just a little touch and it gave it that silver on the edge so it looks more like a more uh, newer truck so yeah so um i get into this and here you can see where i just touched it with that sharpie and then uh yeah i try to achieve those colors oh, i know it's a little so cool. blurry it's a little bit harder but at least you you can see uh how the colors work out yeah, and then just how we how we create that. So, uh, so quick question. Sure. Um, sorry about that. No, Paul, you're doing great. For, sorry for the interruption. ATSF Slayton sub says, Paul, great stuff, bud. If the Sharpie flows beyond the aluminum panel, and we're talking about the the truck trailer before, uh, oh, what yeah. can you use to peel it back? Uh, do the seventy um, percent alcohol and just start washing it off right away. Go. Yeah, comes right off. For sure. Awesome. Okay. So we're going to get into our wheel sets um, because these are machined little um, parts, right? When we get their models. So make sure you guys clean them. Uh, Same with the trucks. Like the, I don't know if it's the release agent in the plastic, but that Delrin plastic, it's, uh, it just seems like it's got a coating on it. So if I, just the 70% alcohol in a little bowl. I just put the wheels and the trucks inside it to uh, wash them off. I wash everything good. And then it gets it ready for paint. So we just wash off those oils from the machining because they're actually turned. Like I use steel wheels for everything. And it's actually, they're turned in the factory. So they have like a fine oil on them. So we just get all those oils off and uh, the paint. Is nice. So uh, here we'll get into doing a set of trucks. Okay, so we're going to do uh, a set of trucks. Um, so the first thing I did was I, I'll wash these. I'll wash these real good with, uh, all I just do is put them in an alcohol bath and then I um, clean them. So I'm going to go ahead and do that and we'll be right back. So it's just reiterating what I said. No, when you do that, yeah. because you've just gotten them clean, mm-hmm. do, you put, do you go and, because you have to handle them so much, do you use gloves after that? 
Um, yeah, sometimes. I, I personally really don't have um, a lot of oil and moisture in my fingers. <laughs> no, I don't. It's just from all the years of uh, unfortunate work that I've done. I really don't have, uh, like, I can't snap my fingers or nothing because my fingers are so dry. So for me, it doesn't really affect anything that I do. <laughs> but if if it was uh, something that I was really worried about, I'd just use a pair of latex gloves or use some kind of like alligator clip to hold it. There you go. Oops, sorry. Oops, you're doing great. Okay, so we're going to, so they're all dry now, and we're going to um, give our trucks uh, some color. So I like to do the base color. This I found this um, this product. I don't know if you guys can get this in the States. Um, here in Canada, <laughs> we have a chain of stores called Princess Auto, and I found uh, this color. It's a cast iron color. It's mostly for automotive um, parts and stuff, but uh, it's, it's, it's really great. It's self-leveling. And uh, I, I found the effects that I can create to make the trucks uh, pretty spectacular. So I liked uh, what it creates. So cast iron, uh, dynamic. I'm sure you guys can do some research and find it. If you guys can't find it, I'll be happy to buy you a can at uh, <laughs> it so, at your cost. <laughs> at your cost. And we're going to hit our trucks. We're get our trucks all around. You can't screw this up. Even if you put it on thick, it, it, it levels out perfectly. Really? Yeah. Really? I'm going to let it dry. That, that sounds it. like a challenge. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it works even with like the really finest details. So then we're going to get into our paint pens and our powders. It's the only time I use powders. So while we have the trucks drying, um, we'll just jump into the wheel sets, and I'll show you guys how to make the wheel uh, wheel sets look great. So I use uh, the Floatwell paint pens, paint markers. Um, these are getting really hard to find now, so I can use uh, the Track Painter as another one that I use. Um, I've even just used the actual craft paint, but I like the way that this adheres to the uh, product. So. I'll do one in each so you guys can see. So all I'm just going to do is paint my wheel face. So I'll paint the wheel face on that. So that's with the tidy track, the painter, and then this is uh, yeah. rust. So the other one's rusty rail. This is rust color. I usually do the front, the back, and the axle. Um, I still have to put little resistors on it for myself for my uh, my wheel sets. So just bear with me; you'll understand. But yeah, so we do the we'll do the faces. Like I said, I usually do everything before I go um, to adding chalks and powders to the to the actual wheel face. So it just showing you; it gives you the two uh, the two options of colors. Oh wow! But, uh, it's cool. Yeah. Easy peasy. So easy. Okay, so I just um, went and got my truck from the paint booth. Uh, that paint dries really fast, so uh, it makes it really good. Um, very productive if you, if you want to weather stuff pretty quickly. So you can see now it's got that grayish tint to it. It almost looks like that real cast iron uh, 
right from the factory kind of look. And there you can see it compared to a factory truck. So you got that look and then uh, we're gonna enhance it even more. So the first color, so I'll do it over top of my plate. The first color I use, I have this MIG, MIG, uh, MIG rust color. I like to use the MIG rust and I go inside all, my, all the, um, the springs of the hardware of the, of the truck. So I go in there, I'll rust that up. And you can see, I just give it an overall general look. Now this is where the pan pastels I find uh, come in really good, right? So I go with like a little bit of a, of a of this light brown earth color. I'll go and I'll brush around the, the truck with it. I'm going to go in here. I take a little bit of the black. I go down beside each side of the spring housing. I will take the gray pan pastel. Now I'm going to give the gray a nice little bit of a nursing tone over it and then I'll just go with a little bit of black I just go and then like I say I go back to that earth uh, that earth color that I have from all the mixes I just give a nice light overall there you have your truck surface if I wanted to get that real um, like you can see in the previous picture, that real rusty look around the journal bearing. I'll go in with a real fine detail brush, right? Like a small little detail brush. I pick up any any of these rust colors. Really will work. It doesn't matter whose uh, whose product. And then I'll I'll get in there. I get inside that. So pretty simple how uh, how I do the wheels and trunks. Wow. So here's my question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stump the stars. Do you save the residual that goes onto the pan and make a general dirt color out of it? Or what do you do with the, all that extra powder that's sitting on the pan? It comes up in the next video. <laughs> oh, all foreshadowing. Right. Oh, we do have a question though that Tim Moran asked, and it's yeah, a good so question too. It was it was a good question. So um sealing Tim, it. What's that? <laughs> they gonna ask me about sealing it? No, 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 no. He uh Tim Moran says, uh, would you use a darker color for steam or transition era trucks? Uh, yeah. with the solid bearings to simulate the oil leakage. Yeah, I would use a lot more of that pan pestle blacks. I'd use okay. the blacks and the grays to give that uh, that oily effect. And then same on my wheel faces once we get in the next one. Uh, okay. Once we do the wheel faces, I would use a lot of that black and the gray and, and the earth color on the wheel face. And I'd leave it thick and chunky. Because if you ever look at those older steam stuff, everything's like like real grungy and thick. Yeah, right. It's got a lot of dirt uh, associated to it, like a lot of like buildup. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Good stuff. Oops. Wait, oh, come my, on. Uh, where'd my wheel one go? Uh-oh. Uh-oh, I lost a video. Oh, he fits right in. 
<laughs> production values. I lost the video, guys. I am so sorry. So what I do is I take the wheel set. Yeah. I don't know what that video. I don't know what happened. So I just take the wheel set, and I will take this uh, all the scraps that's left over on the from all those brushings after all this time. It's just it's just a mixture of like uh, rusty faces, and all I just do is take that. Um, so the paint on the wheel face is actually just a little left just a little bit tacky it's not wet but just like just a little tacky and i just go around naturally around that wheel set just dabbing mm -hmm. i don't know what happened to that video i i apologize so I screwed that one up well that's all right i mean <laughs> but you get so then ultimately what you're doing then is with the paint being a little tacky and you're adding that powder you're you're creating that texture yeah yeah cool that's Yep, that's what gives that uh, that look. Powders, I found, I, to personally, I have no preference on which ones. Um, I find the pan pastels like a, it's a little more like a like an oily thick to me, so that sticks on the wheel. Um, sorry, the uh, the truck face is better, but uh, I use the aim. I use I use everything, whatever. So there's like no uh, no rhyme or reason, I, and no two wheel sets I do the same, so that the the like naturally in the, in the world. Each wheel right. looks different, right? Yeah, so, exactly. so, so feel free to mix them up as you guys are putting on the, the paints on the faces and such. And then is this is the method the same then? So do you seal <clears throat> the powders afterwards? No, I don't even bother sealing it. You never handle it enough to uh, to affect anything. I never seal the, the trucks on the... If yeah, you you're start... always grabbing it from the middle of the car, right? Yeah, you're usually grabbing the freight car when you have to... Uh, you, you never handle it. I found I've never handled it enough where I'm actually um, affecting the, the paint on the trucks that I've done. If you try to seal it, you just blow everything off. No, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. That's that's, that's like me. a big drawback to using powders, right? I mean, that's yeah. right. This is the only time I ever really use powders on, on the, sometimes I'll go after and that that's this, this is a whole nother episode, but I'll go with the powder just on the door track and the door hardware like very little very little powders on the actual uh, car product itself hmm. so here's our uh tonight's takeaway right we don't worry about making our mistakes we can wash this stuff off right then at least give it a try you know or at the very least at least just give that uh shiny plastic car a, a shot of dull coat just to just to just to make your model look more realistic There's nothing kills the whole presentation of a layout when Everything's that shiny, brand new car, <laughs> you know. Yeah, right. I mean, just, just have fun, guys. This is all about uh, about having fun, and uh, you know, with this whole community, it's it's just great to share talents and tricks. And you know, uh, there's there's no real self made guy. We're all we all help each other. That's that's my 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 big thing. We're we're contributing to something greater than ourselves. Yeah, agreed. Oh. Hey, I hate to say this, but Dennis Lippert has something he's got. Listen to that. Two hours in and no taco sauce. Yeah, no taco we're coming sauce. to the end here. We're not even not even close to hour three. Yeah, two not hours even. of no no taco sauce. It's it's a it's <laughs> it's, it's a, a new record section. <laughs> it's a new second section. Um, but I did I did want to. This is fantastic, Paul. This was really great. Um, there's a couple more questions uh, I, I want to get 
I want to get up there. And there's the the swoosh, <laughs> the, the transition the at the end. He put oh, a yeah. transition at the end and say thank you for having oh, wait, me. Wait, well, wait. you're most welcome. <laughs> oh, there you, there you go. go. <laughs> there you go. Um, but does it work on couplers as well? So the wheel technique that you showed. Absolutely. Did, yeah. So uh, yeah, that, that's that's another. That's actually a whole another. Uh, little thing for so i can walk you through it real quickly um sure for couplers what i'll do is i'll, I'll use the powders on the uh around around the uh, uh, the coupler itself and then i actually take a little file and a metal file and i'll and i'll file the very end of the coupler so it looks like the shiny metal on the end of the knuckle where the cars clash together oh nice yeah and it makes another uh where the wear marks are yep. on the Yep. Yeah. And then also the couplers actually work better. <laughs> you take the fur <laughs> off of them and that. That's how it started. Like I remember just trying to file a, a coupler, uh, the knuckle, because there was some uh, on the KD on the 58, there was a, a little bit of metal and, and I was filing it. And I'm like, holy shit, that looks great. <laughs> so yeah. I've always kept it like that after. That's fantastic. So, I, I love that you added your email there. So the folks that are watching the show tonight, um, you have no problem taking questions or, or comments from them. Absolutely. After. I'll make sure I answer every single question. You guys send me an email. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely have an answer for you. If I don't have it, I'll figure it out for you. Yeah. I know that uh derail Daryl um, asked a question early on about uh, doing some stuff for, for people. So I, if, if you want to, I don't, I'm not going to say, you know, hit up Paul, but that would be an appropriate question to ask him via the email there. So give him, give him, give him a shout there at the, at the Gmail address on the screen and any other questions. Sure. Outstanding. Um, okay. So I did want to say this is, this is fantastic uh, presentation, Paul. Thank you for doing, for doing this for us. I, I you know, this, let us know in, in the section crew here in the chat, what do you guys think of this show? Um, give us a like. Um, if you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and subscribe because we're going to have more content like this coming. Um, Paul has signed on for a 20-show contract with us. <laughs> um, but yeah, but was, we have an opt-out after 15. Yeah, so, we, have, mean, we, have, yeah we can have a club buyout at, after 15. Yeah, we have 15. a club buyout after 15. So, yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah, it's it's fantastic. So, um, any any questions um, while we while we uh, close up shop here, um, get them into the chat um, while uh, while we still can. Um, Paul, you said that you had a, a something special that you wanted to to share with us tonight. Hey, on what? top of of this, yes, absolutely. So I actually have two things special, um, guys. If you guys make sure you guys got to hit that uh, that like for Mike and Andy on uh, the YouTube site. And I have uh, I have a gift I want to uh, present that we can uh, raffle off. I actually have two. So I have a Green Bay and Western shirt, but I only have a medium. <laughs> so if you fit into a medium, I have a shirt we're going to raffle off. And I have a freight car that I'm working on. I've done the roof paint peeling effects. I got some little bit more to do on the bottom, but I have just a generic 50-foot uh, freight car that uh we're gonna give away for the for everybody so make sure you guys uh you like and, and subscribe to Andy so, and Mike here so how we're gonna do this uh this evening then is we'll 
We're gonna go ahead. Ooh, are we gonna do our spinny thingy? We're gonna do the spinny thing. Oh, again. I like the spinny thingy. That's so awesome. the spinny. We're gonna do the spinny thing. Wait till you see this, Paul. This is yeah, awesome. This is this is the the fun bit this here. This is kind of cool. Um, so what we'll do <laughs> is we're gonna go and um, we're gonna do hash. Tag rat bag. <laughs> David Winter, um, I said the same thing before the show even started. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's that? He says, Have you seen this crowd? <laughs> a medium. <laughs> well, it might be a good uh tapestry we can hang on a couch or something and <laughs> yeah. At least we'll just frame probably. it like a jersey. <laughs> yeah, there you go. A dog shirt, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna do i'll bring this up on on the screen here so so hashtag rat bag um why don't you go ahead and put that in the chat we'll we'll raffle off the car first so let's get those entries in there the car's got um i've got all the coupler details got the airlines on it i even done underbody full underbody uh oh wow Full yeah, this is... I'm still working on the underbody. I still have to finish weathering the bottom, but you can see I put in all it's that way it's got all that detail. So if you guys are running your layout, you can see all the hanging brake detail. And Ooh, that's, that's a cool look. That's a slick looking car. So I have a friend that uh got a divorce and we were helping him with his estate. And uh this is the last of it, and it was just all stuff that he had over weathered and he had done some unfortunately not not so great work so uh yeah that's what we did the we were doing the freight car rescue i was actually making a series of those so uh this is one of the freight car rescues Beauty. Like, like even if you'll see this patch so this panel like when i was trying to wash the bad weathering off it actually messed it up but see with we just turned that into a uh, a neat little trick so yeah isn't that funny how isn't it funny how some cars just do that yeah, it's only like one little three foot area, and it'll just be the rest one of the car thing. will look fine, and it's one spot, yeah. you know. It's just a subtle weathered weathered car too, so it's not like over overdone. That's a cool looking car, though. You could see the the paint chipping, and when I'm working on it, yeah, it's yeah. beauty. So um, there, while while we're collecting uh, comments here for the hashtag rat bag, um, James Sutton did have a question. He says you showed eight colors early on in the presentation. Um, what were those? So we we went through the big three. Um, you want to do the big three again, and then what other five did you have out there? Okay, so um, I also had the white, Payne's gray. Um, let me grab my paint thing. Yeah, so this is... This this is, is raw great. umber, burnt sienna... And what is it, right? Raw raw umber, burnt sienna, and burnt umber. Burnt umber. Um, I've also used a color called red oxide. So if I really want to get like a, I really, because this could actually be part two, guys. So yeah, right. I really start getting into all the colors. Um, yeah, like. And I actually have transparent colors too, where it's uh, it's 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 a little more subtle when it goes on a on a car. But this um, this red oxide, if I want to do like a, a real heavy rust line, or um, 
like especially on a hopper car like coming from the catwalk supports like mm. that's where I, I would go oh, yeah. with really 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 uh fine hair brush and uh and then yeah i would go with that real fine brush and then do that little tiny streak and then pull it with the big flat guy so that's that's the color i use i have uh the yellow ochre is another color um yeah that was the colors that's what they were okay so are we ready to do the to do the deed here and and draw for oh the, boy <laughs> for the rat for the rat bag oh uh, the the conrail car so we'll go ahead let's see here if i if i know how to do this correctly you did it oh here we go here we go so we got under hash hashtag rat bag here we go we're gonna hit draw see who comes up Thomas Tom right. <laughs> wow, I gotta go redo the car real quick because if yeah. it's going down. <laughs> now there's no pressure at all. Yeah, no pressure at all, right? <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Well done. Well done, Thomas. And uh I think um what we'll do is we we flashed uh Paul's email address up there. It was uh, was it what was it again? Rat bag, rat bag rail car. Yeah, at gmail. Gmail.com. Yeah, and it'll so, be in the show notes. So, yeah, so get in, get in contact uh, with with Paul, and and he'll get that shipped off to you. Yeah, for sure. Just give me well, your address and that, and I'll mail it out to you. Well done. I think uh, what we'll do here then um, we'll do for the second drawing this evening as we as we close up um shop i think what we'll do is we'll do boy we did we did hashtag rat bag for the for the car probably should do hashtag rat maybe rat sack for the for the shirt rail car rail car rat bag we'll do rail car rail, rail car rail car we'll do hashtag rail car for the shirt let me Didn't get that, that up backwards there. what's that meow Shouldn't we have done hashtag rail car for the rail car? Yeah, you know, yeah. production <laughs> values. It's it's really got to keep them on their toes, Mike. <laughs> right? I know. No kidding. Oh, rat shirt. Yeah, the rat shirt. There's a good one. Yeah, rat. We do rat shirt here. Let me let me. Uh, I'll tell you when to start putting the comments in there real quick. Just give me a hot minute here. We're gonna sec oh, that boy. and then hashtag. Rail car. All right, everyone, start throwing your com your hashtag rail car in there, and uh, we'll we'll take some final questions, do the drawing, and and we'll we'll get we'll get out of here. So again, medium shirt, but still fine quality. I I I have the the Green Bay route myself, oh, yeah. yep, and I I, got... I, I wear it quite a bit. It, I do it's, too. It's in my it's in my weekly rotation <laughs> in my business meetings today yeah, for 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 a bunch and I had the Green Bay route loud and proud. So the shirt started with um, when I was doing the basement videos because uh, I just wore work clothes to work down here. My wife's like, "You look homeless." <laughs> she goes like, I, "She goes, I can't believe you're posting that." So she's like, "You got to do so." 
Um, I found this local lady in town that makes them, and uh, yeah, she made me a bunch. But she's she messed up because I said again, none of my friends are are small. Or I'm like, I need extra large and two extra large. So she gives me large and two extra large, and I'm like, oh, or medium and two extra large. It's it's actually a large shirt, but it's a medium. Canada's yeah. a little smaller than uh, American sizes, but it was funny. It was we all. Do we do everything big here in, in, in America. Um, so, oh, yeah. so any, I guess, uh, last, last, uh, uh, round for questions here for Paul as well. I, I, again, thank him so much for coming. He's available on uh, social, on his YouTube channel, on his, uh, Facebook group. We'll have all that contact information in the show notes. Um, and again, he gave you the email address. So if you want to get a hold of him, ask him questions, all that good stuff, please do. He's been sure. a fantastic, fantastic guest. So truly appreciate that. We'll do last call here for uh, the shirt. So hashtag rail car. And we'll do the drawing here real quick. Hashtag not prepared is what this guy is here. So we're so back we'll, to normal then. Yeah, it's just, it's pretty much standard standard procedure here. So oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we, we're going to hit the 11. button. Oh boy, here we go. Otter <laughs> Creek and <laughs> Rio Grande. <laughs> All right. Wow. That's beautiful. I think he had posted that that's going to be a wall hanger. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. That's good. Though. Um, yeah. So that's great. So I guess uh, while, while we uh, wait for any uh, last closing remarks here, um, Mike, what'd you think of tonight's show? That is all right. I mean, it was, it was just okay. Right. Yeah. It's one of the more <laughs> mediocre things we've ever done. I mean, it's, I, I, mean, I honestly, Paul, those videos, that's, that's kind of a next level thing for, yeah. for the show, to be honest with you. That was that was really, really cool the way you were able to make those videos and then like step by step show everybody in like a in a short video. It wasn't like they were five minute long videos either. Yeah. They were under a minute. And it, it the stuff is so simple and so easy to do that uh you know, hey, you know who I haven't seen here tonight? Is was Michael Shanky even in here? He might have been. I think I don't remember even seeing. I didn't remember seeing a comment from him. I, boy, I hope he was in here to see this, or because that's this is the stuff right up his alley. Sure, you know, I mean, this is the kind of things that really helps people have confidence in how they're doing it. You know, and the only thing I would have to say on top of what you've already said, Paul, is. Is is and we've had other guests say the same thing. Grab an old crappy car from a show. Go to the dollar box, yep. and you know, or find somebody that's got some old Tyco stuff and it's selling like thirty of them for four bucks. Grab all thirty. Doesn't matter what if they're tank cars, hoppers, whatever they are, and just use them as your practice, almost like an you know, a practice canvas. Yeah, and, sure. and and and. Try those things out before you go and do it on our sixty dollar car. So uh, just dive in, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I mean the way Paul the way Paul showed us tonight, you oh you, you could you should have no fear. 
and, no. and you can dive right into that $60 car and, and start taking stuff off. I don't worry. Yeah. I, even yeah. with skill trains, locomotives, wait till yeah. you guys see what I'm going to do with this, uh, this new, uh, SDL 39. I got, mm. I got all, all of them. So I'm going to, Oh man. <laughs> Remember the, the 587, the 587 at that point should be almost orange and black. Yeah. Where it was coming back through. Yeah. I have a, um, I got a couple of CN, uh, Jeep 40 dash twos. It doesn't fit my era, but I wanted to always make the model where the the, the primer is coming through the the sergeant stripes. So oh I'm yeah, gonna, yeah. Uh, I'm going to be uh, working on one of those. That's one of the series I'd like to do for uh, my YouTube channel and show everybody how to do that. Like, because that's that's a little more uh, an in depth project. There's a lot of taping to make that. Like a lot of uh, you know putting tape down to make the stripes and the fades correctly and. I got a, I got a few things. I, I, I like to do things too for um, for other people that would not fit in my general area. Because, like, you know, Mike, uh, my timeline. I model nineteen ninety three, uh, the Green Bay and Western. There wasn't a lot of gra- a lot of graffiti back then. Like, no, uh, no, not a lot. No, like you, you you caught a few, but like not not like today's cars where they're just plastered. So. Yeah. I still like to do that. I like to do that stuff, but it doesn't fit my time. And and it's one of those kind of models of somebody might might approach me and say, "Hey, do you think you can do?" It? And I'm like, "Oh yeah, let me try that." Or you know, I'm always up for the challenge. To uh, and my friends all challenge me. Oh, how do we do this? Or how do I make those uh, stains with the coffee being thrown out of the window of a locomotive or something? So I'm always trying to to recreate those little uh, those little steps. So I'm always I'm always up for a new challenge. Let's let's just I'm, say that. <laughs> I've told this, I've told Ralph this in the past, and he's actually done it, and it actually looks really, really cool. But uh when you're doing locomotives, if you out the back door of the locomotive every day, you're my on. right shoulder, my right shoulder rubs against the side of the engine as I'm going down the steps. So that's always a wear mark where mm-hmm. it might that's like the one clean spot on a locomotive. Is where the people like step down. rub up against it and yep. rub up against it. The rest of the engine could be all dirty. We're gonna have that one little spot that's gonna be clean. <laughs> if, if my one friend is still in the audience, uh, boxcar will. I did a Chicago Northwestern Jeep 50 for him, and I did that effect. Yeah, on the back and and I did another. I'm trying to remember who I did the other one for. I did the wash me. You know, you write. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) All I just did is after I've weathered it with the um, toothpick and just went, wash me. (laughs) Came out, yeah. Well, you see all sorts of stuff written on the side of the dirt. Yeah, Yeah, fantastic. So, Paul, we went ahead and um, added your, um, your YouTube channel to the chat again. Make sure you check out Paul's channel, subscribe, check out his videos. A lot of cool content out there. And he's going to have tons more stuff coming. And then his Facebook group, um, the the Ratbag Rail Car Model Weathering, that's in the chat as well. It's also in the show notes and description. So make sure that you guys are, are checking all of that out. I do have a couple of administrative notes I just wanted to let everyone know. I want a big shout out to the section crew tonight. Uh, we held all about about anywhere between 100 to 120 people in the chat all the way till the final 15 minutes here. So thank you again 
Our YouTube channel is up to 1,500 subscribers now. That's awesome. So thank you. Thank you for for subscribing and supporting the Second Section Podcast. Uh, Facebook group is up to 850 members. And our audio downloads, um, we're up to over 20, almost 25,000 audio downloads for the show. So I want to thank all the people that tune in, listen, and and are part of the community. So if you're if you're not part of the Facebook group, come on over, check it out. Um, fantastic group of modelers in there sharing, great conversation, great camaraderie, lots of awesome content being shared there. Paul will be sharing his videos there. Um, so if you if you don't catch them on YouTube, you can catch them on our, our Facebook group and 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 go find Paul there as well. So, Paul, any uh, any final comments here before we we close her down for tonight? No, I just uh, I had a really good time, and uh, I like I like revealing all those little secrets, opening that uh, the backstage door, so that everybody can see uh, how simple this can be. You don't need yeah. to, to make it make it complicated, and uh, yeah. yeah, don't don't be afraid. Just uh, get in and try, and I guarantee your mistakes sometimes work out to be the best things that you'll have. Happy little accidents, right? Right. Yeah, very good. Well, thank you, Paul, again for for sharing the tricks, the tips. Mike, great job on the um, short line of the show this evening. I think a lot of people love the new format, and I do want to thank the section crew again. You guys did fantastic in the chat tonight. A lot of good banter, a lot of good questions. And we'll be back in two weeks, I believe, Mr. Bob Frischella is going to be on the show talking about the D&H in S-Scale. So be sure to tune in in two weeks, and we'll see you down the line. Good night, everyone. Good night.